is is really really cool and or you know cash and mail or some other types of some similar options it speaks to the fact that people have let Monero simmer settle people have really become uh more accustomed to it and i think that's really really exciting it's hard to get in a position where people listen to something and just understand that its community has made very good decisions over the last many years so you know we've had nine years of some bad decisions and nine years of some really good decisions but i think overall people have seen monero as a project that stands for something very important and so luke's point yeah we 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 have another challenging nine years ahead of us and then another nine years after that (laughs) but i think that's one of the things the monero community recognizes maybe not everyone but most people is that privacy is a a battle you need to keep fighting. And so Monero is relevant now because it's fought that battle for the last nine years. And people weren't really fighting the battle back then. And I think Monero is going to continue to be a main project pushing privacy forward uh, over the next few years. Beautiful. I think so, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we'll be doing these nine years from now. I don't know. I don't know. You'll be, we'll be lucky for Twitter <laughs> to last another nine months. <laughs> this week on Monero Talk is sponsored by... Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to stealthex.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tumen gets together with Monero devs and community members to celebrate the project's ninth birthday. Monero Talk starts now. All right, so what's going on, Justin? How's it going, man? I'm a little under the weather, but I'm recovering, so I'm feeling a lot better today than I did a, a few days ago, so that's good. Okay. You're worn out? Worn down? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I took a really early flight back from Atlanta. <laughs> I'm... Sunday, uh, the flight left at 6 a.m., I think. So uh, it's an early okay. flight. That'll do it to you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we got Luke. Is Twitter Spaces finally working for me? <laughs> <laughs> we all put up with it, though, man. The network effect. It's got us here. Shitty as Twitter is. So how you guys doing? Luke, how you doing, man? Uh, Doing well enough. Just got a lot going on. <laughs> okay, well, uh... What do you got going on? What are you working on? Are you asking for insider knowledge <laughs> on my work? And say, think I thought we cared about privacy. <laughs> anything you're, wi- anything you're okay, willing I'll to just share. <laughs> so, as you know, I've been working on a decentralized exchange, quite passionate about it. Uh, things are looking solid, really coming together. I could spend about half an hour going into the technicals of that, what all the pieces are and how they're fitting it together. But for now, I'll just leave it as finally in a place where I have all the pieces and just need to plug them all together. All right. Well, 
So how much does the uh, Monero Dev Fund need to give you in order for you to add Monero? $250,000? Is that fair? Oh, I think Farcaster raised quite a bit more than that. Let's see how much we can do. <laughs> no. I have not accepted any CCS funding, and I'm not expecting to ever take any CCS funding. Wow. Why, why is that? Uh, I might get lynched for saying this in a Monero space. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> There's a trend that when a CCS happens, the, com- the Monero community feels like they own the project to some degree. And I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. The Monero community, if they fund a project, obviously want to voice their opinions on the project and explain why they funded it and make sure the project is still something they consider worth funding. But at the same time, Sarai is a distinct project. It's not being done under the Monero banner, so it doesn't make sense for us to take funds from Monero since we're not a Monero project. And also at this time, it's just unnecessary, and I don't want to take money from people I speak to, work with, collaborate with if I don't need it. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome that you're uh, that you're able to do it without without the funding. Um, but no, I totally hear you. That does seem to be an issue uh, with the CCS. So what do we got here today? All right, guys, Monero's ninth birthday. All right, we got we got some people coming into the room. This is nice. This is nice. Um, I don't I don't really have anything planned other than uh, I think we could all just hang out. So if anybody wants to jump up and ask a question, you know, we got Justin, we got Luke here. I don't know if we'll have any other devs and Monero contributors jump in. Um, are, are we going to sing Happy Birthday? Yeah, we can sing Happy Birthday. <laughs> we can sing, should, should we do it already? I feel like that, that, that's like uh, mid-show, maybe towards the end of the show. We're a little more loosened up. Uh, if you want to talk about getting loosened up, we should get some drinks in Mexico. Oh, yeah. So, Luke, Luke are, are all your plans set? Are you, are you ready to come down to Mexico? How's that, how's that going? I booked the flight weeks ago, got my hotel ready, and I'm ready to talk about Monero and have a good time. Very excited to have you. And what what are you going to be talking about? So are you going to give you're going to give us uh, an Sarai update? What what do you uh, what do you think you're going to be talking about? So it is going to be a bit about Sarai, but one of the things I like to do if I'm presenting at a Monero event is, of course, just talk about Monero. It's you know, Monero events should have Monero talks. <laughs> so one of the things I really want to do is not just talk about Sarai, yet talk about um, why Sarai wrote its own Monero library from scratch and rust and how client diversity can help improve Monero and just giving developers more options and ways to integrate Monero, so on and so on, and the paths things like this open up. Fantastic. Yeah. How long – So. How long have you been like working on Monero related stuff, Luke? I know I know we've talked quite a bit, but I don't know if I've ever asked, kind of asked you that question. Like, when did you first start contributing? Uh, I think technically back in 2018. Okay, is when I first started working on code. I think it was right when the Bulletproof hard fork went live. Oh wow! Okay. So, I mean, Monero's ninth birthday. How are you feeling about the project overall? How are you feeling about the code base? You know, you've been around since 2018. It's been a few years. Monero's nine years old. How are you feeling about, about I only, Monero? From a- I only really got personally involved about a year or two ago. If you want to talk about Monero's history, we really have to look at Justin. 
Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, you personally, like, you know, what, what's your, your feel with Monero these days on a technical level? Like, you know, where we've come from, where we're at, you know, how are you feeling about it? Luke, did I lose you? Oh, sorry, I didn't realize I was <laughs> muted. <laughs> so, on the one hand, Monero works. If you just need privacy in your day-to-day life to use cryptocurrency, Monero is one of the best options for that. On the other hand, there's a lot of things we could do for privacy, such as full-chain membership proofs and Seraphis and all these discussions. So on the one hand, I'm happy with what Monero's done. On the other hand, we still have a road ahead. The important thing is that we keep taking steps forward on that road. Beautiful. Spoken spoken like a true leader. Spoken like the C- CEO of Monero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's big. <laughs> But, yeah, we've been here nine years. We have to make sure that we're still worth being around in another nine. Justin, how, how are you feeling about Monero at nine years old? Is it, is it a healthy little nine-year-old? I don't know. I think it's, I think it's definitely a healthy nine-year-old. Um, it's, I mean, I didn't join Monero nine years ago. I was more like seven or so years ago. Um, but even seven years ago, you wouldn't have imagined or I didn't imagine that Monero would be at the position that it is now. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that major uh, privacy experts will not recommend a VPN unless Monero is one of the payment options is really, really cool. And, or, you know, cash and mail or some other types of some similar options. It speaks to the fact that people have let Monero simmer, settle. People have really become... Uh, more accustomed to it, and I think that's really, really exciting. It's hard to get in a position where people listen to something and just understand that its community has made very good decisions over the last many years. So, you know, we've had nine years of some bad decisions and nine years of some really good decisions, but I think overall people have seen Monero as a project that stands for something very important. And to Luke's point, yeah, we we. We have another challenging nine years ahead of us and then another nine years after that. <laughs> but I think that's one of the things the Monero community recognizes. Maybe not everyone, but most people, is that privacy is a, a battle you need to keep fighting. And so Monero is relevant now because it's fought that battle for the last nine years. And people weren't really fighting the battle back then. And I think Monero is going to continue to be a main project pushing privacy forward uh, over the next few years. Beautiful. I think so, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we'll be doing these nine years from now. I don't know. I don't know. You'll be, we'll be lucky for Twitter to last another nine months. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, consider that, though, the fact that, like, we are making an actual joke, like, not even tongue-in-cheek, but, like, or maybe a little tongue-in-cheek, but mostly not tongue-in-cheek, the fact that Twitter will probably not last as long as Monero, right? That is, like, that you, is a wild thought. People would probably that. That is a wild thought. No one would have thought that in 2014. So, wait, you're saying brand new cryptocurrencies aren't stable? But I just put all my money into this new DeFi project, Justin. Where were you 10 minutes ago? Good disclaimer. This is not financial advice. (laughs) But, yeah. I just feel very misled. And I now feel like I have millions of dollars in illiquid Ethereum tokens. And, Justin, will you please buy my bags? I am drowning. No. Let me. Thankfully, I'm not involved with let that. Let me throw it out there. Anybody that wants to jump up and talk, you know, we're, uh, this, this is just a hangout session. Everybody could, you know, come up, tell your Monero story or whatever it is you want to you speak about. 
With regards to Monero's birthday, just request to speak. Everybody's welcome to jump up, obviously. Justin, why don't you give give the audience a little like insight into like you know the early days and you know, uh, when you first got into Monero, like what it was like, what it was like back then. Um, how, how did you how did you get started? You know, what was your you know what were your, what were your early days like in, in Monero in Monero working in Monero development? Okay, I mean, I actually kind of came in at a bit of a lull. I th- so Monero started in 2014. It definitely started among the, the Bitcoin talk crowd, which it's still a farm, but it was especially important back then, early days, early forks of Bitcoin, early experimentation around Bitcoin and decentralized networks. And Monero grew off a, a general idea at the time by only a very small number of people that privacy should be better um, with, with a Bitcoin or Bitcoin-like implementation. And that led to some kind of silly ideas. And Monero was... Honestly, a kind of silly idea as well, but it was less silly in, in, in many critical ways that kept there got a few people interested initially, and it really helped draw the right original OG into Bitcoiners that cared about privacy and had the foresight for privacy back then. They were all drawn into Monero um, at that time, and that's how you got the Monero core team that was founded at that time. And their initial goals were basically let's just salvage salvage this product uh, project to those who may not know um monero started as a new blockchain but it was started by someone who probably who seemed to have very clear scamming intents they planned to use monero to scam people and uh i mean i'm sure that in theory they would disagree with that but there were a lot of signs pointing to this person trying to scam others and the community at the time stepped up and said, no, you're, we're not allowing you to, to go this route. We're going to take the project a different way. And people decided to follow them in that, that other, other direction. And Just so, to quickly clarify, Monero was a new blockchain launched from that second group of people, though. It's not like they forked the original blockchain. They just forked the code, right? No, I mean, they, they forked the the. I mean, they really did fork the blockchain in a sense because uh, the the thankful for today person started they, they made their own updates actually concurrently to the now Monero core team group, um, and they actually both released updates for a different blockchain for a short period of time. So yeah, it actually was kind of like a oh interesting. Uh, I knew about yeah. I obviously knew about like Bitcoin and the whole crypto note drama. I didn't realize that. Monero was also kind of originally started by that same vein of people. Today, I learned. Yeah, yeah it was actually. So, the, the, so I guess going taking an even further step back, uh, the whole idea of ring signatures being incorporated in a blockchain and stealth addresses being incorporated in a blockchain—that was a novel idea, and that was introduced through this one now more or less defunct cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. And they were clearly scammers because they made it seem like. The project had been around for so many years, but you had never heard of it before because it was just all on the dark web, and you're not cool enough to be on the dark web. So clearly you should believe these people. And all evidence pointed, pointed to them just faking the start date. And so people uh, took Litecoin, and they code-forked it um, with various projects, including Monero, um, which was initially called BitMonero. And then... Uh, Thankful for today was the one who started Monero, but very shortly after they started 
making you know, proposals that made no sense, such as wanting to be merged mined with Litecoin, which none of the people that got involved with the project liked. And so, yes, then there was actually a, a more a blockchain fork, actually, that the, the core team took over and said, hey, we're taking this Monero blockchain, we're going in this direction with it. And, uh, yeah, it, it was it was really like a hostile takeover, in a sense, by the Monero core team. Uh, as we celebrate Monero's birthday, should we hold a candle for all the CryptoNote brethren who didn't make it from Blueberry to Aeon to <laughs> what else existed nine years ago, Justin? <laughs> That's a good point. If it's Diego on the CypherStack account, you might remember all of the, the stupid, uh, all the stupid crypto networks. Because there were, there were actually dozens of these things. Dozens and dozens. Yeah, I'm something of a Monero historian of sorts. Diego! Sorry, I'm right. this account. Diego, you want out, man? Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> Diego, you want to share the other forks and why Monero succeeded where they didn't? Blueberry. Well, I mean, it was pretty trivial to connect all of these as having been made by the same people because they use like a very specific um, CSS library for their website that was very uncommon. And so because it was so uncommon and used in all of these things, like meticulously, it's like, okay, um, these are obviously made by the same person at the very, all these websites are made by the same person at least. And, uh, all of them were pretty scammy, pretty big pre mines. Some of them, the later ones didn't have, uh, pre mines and stuff, but I mean, really it was a rush. Once people realized kind of Bitcoin was a scam, which didn't take very long, it was, it was a big rush to see who could get out first. Um, you know, kind of a, a good fork in terms of, when that didn't have a huge pre-mine and stuff like that. And the Bitcoin people realized that too. So they were, it's suspected that they were also behind BitMonero and they were the ones to get that out first. And then when kind of, as, as the healthy fork, right? Like, oh, you know, uh, here's the first one to come out after Bitcoin and it's the only healthy fork at the moment. And the others were kind of afterwards, but they were also all kind of by Bitcoin. But Bitcoin was just basically like, well, you know, if nobody likes Bitcoin, let's, let's at least like put out seven more forks or eight more forks or whatever, because, and if we're behind all of them, at least one of them is going to catch on. Um, and Monero caught on because it was kind of the first, really it was the first mover advantage of not being a scam, but then it turned out to be a scam anyway. But then the community was like, you know what? Enough of this. The technology is actually pretty good. Uh, we're, we're just going to take it for ourselves. So. After they did that, that, that Bitcoin was kind of like pushed into a corner where they really had to start pushing on these alternative, uh, crypto note coins pretty hardcore because, man, they really didn't want to lose their investment of all the coding they did and all the research work they did, which forever, forever grateful to the scammers for doing actually legit research, you know, great, good on them. Um, and, uh, they just didn't want to lose their investment, man. They wanted to, you know, have a pre-mined coin that shot up in value because of actually good technology and make all the money from it. But uh, I don't think they did particularly. I mean, I'm not going to say they didn't make out well because, you know, obviously if they had some bit Monero, you know, it's done pretty good. Um, some of those other forks did okay for a certain amount of time because Crypto Note was all the rage for a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, but they def definitely didn't make out like bandits like they wanted to. So, um, who knows where they are? Um, <clears throat> wherever you guys are out there in the world somewhere, and sorry you didn't get rich, as rich as you wanted, but thanks for the technology. Um, and it actually ended up being rather mediocre technology. We had to tweak it a lot. 
We had to add on to it a lot. Things like bulletproofs. The code this was whole also pretty ring mediocre. CT scheme. This whole, you yeah. know, private amounts. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the code base we inherited was pretty mediocre also. It was just kind of, you know, mediocre all around. Pretty pretty unfortunate. It would have been cool, scammers, if you had done, like, excellent work all around. But we'll take what we can get, I guess. But the, the interesting thing about, you know, the way Monero started is that it actually has one of the only, I guess, founder developers with a somewhat similar story to Satoshi. I mean, obviously, it's not like Satoshi Nakamoto who did this for, supposedly, we don't know, you know, good reasons, good intentions, and disappeared. And, you know, the Bitcoin people are always coming around saying, well, you know, Bitcoin is super special, and, it, you know, it was the first one, and, it, and it's impossible to replicate it's impossible to replicate kind of Bitcoin's start, which is one of the things that makes it so special, they say. It's impossible to replicate because now there's too much money involved. You know, anyone who makes it is going uh, to try to mine. It, it's too known in the public eye. It's impossible to replicate the start that Bitcoin had. And to an extent, that's true. But Monero, we, obviously, we didn't replicate it one-to-one. -one. We also ended up with a project that fell into the hands of a community as a result of, in this particular case, not the, the creator leaving voluntarily, but being ousted, which kind of left, left us without a quote-unquote Monero Jesus, similar to Satoshi leaving, you know, left Bitcoin without a Bitcoin Jesus. And some people became prominent figureheads for a period of time, you know, obviously uh, Taco Time and Smooth at the very beginning, Fluffy Pony, kind of uh, for, for a good period of time, uh, myself in the 2017 to 2019 years, and um, really, uh, thankfully, actually, uh, things have moved away from that, I would say, altogether as we have become more and more decentralized. Um, I was the last one to wear the crown, I would say. <laughs> but uh, um, we've kind of moved past that, which is the goal, right? You know, we've moved past the need for figureheads, and we've now really kind of come into a place where there is a lot of uh, independent work groups people doing their own thing um, and building the Monero ecosystem as they see fit in a way that has largely been not coordinated, but at least uh, at building each other up, you know, um, and, and things getting accomplished in a, in a, in a pretty cool way. So um, in, my, in my absence, I haven't been completely absent. I've been keeping an eye on things and uh, just, just really enjoying watching uh, Monero growing into its own and becoming something uh, that that has moved beyond the need for figureheads and has become closer to its realized vision of actually being decentralized, not just from a protocol perspective, but kind of from a community and leadership perspective. And that's, uh, I think that's one of the big things to celebrate here on Monero's ninth birthday is that Monero is constantly taking steps forward not just in the protocol, not just in the tech that we're adding, but even in like these things like community decentralization as well. Um, if we look at where we were five years ago, three years ago, Monero really has come a long way in terms of decentralization of social things. And that's, that is something to be celebrated. Super, super cool. There's still some pain points. There's still some pressure points, but believe me, there were way, way more back then. Um, so not perfect, but uh, pretty cool. Just to hop in with a bit of a personal tangent, um, personally, I always get really interested in, like, Internet mysteries. You know, like, oh, who was Satoshi? What was that whole Cicada 3301 puzzle? 
what really happened the night of whatever. You know, it's something that interests me. So the Cryptonote story kind of falls in, and it's obvious we have most of the pieces. We know that the initial publications were backdated and forged. We know that, no, there's no evidence it was actually used on the dark net for three years, so on and so on. So it's not something I'm dying over, but at the same time, I am a bit frustrated because Cryptozoidberg, I believe is his handle, they're still around. They could give us all the answers that they wanted to. <laughs> They're even going to be admin Yeah, but they have yet to release the tell-all. <laughs> he—he's not the only one. I've actually spoken on and off with another person who was one of the original Bitcoiners that's still around. At the at this point in time, I don't think I'd be willing to reveal who they are. But uh, I'm not the only one who knows them. Uh, Will he and, be admin or she? Uh, I can invite, but I doubt they would be willing. Um, I think my main question is simply this whole Vance Saberhagen, Saberhagen character. Was there actually, like, one person who put forth the ideas and theories and was the head of the Secret Bitcoin project, or is it just a group of developers? Most of them stayed anonymous. A few got greedy and made it into a scam, and the rest just continue trying to live their lives. Like, I just want to know, like, what was the group who built it? Um, from, the people <laughs> I have, from the people I've talked to, it seems more like the latter, but it wasn't really a case of um, a couple of people got greedy. It's kind of the dollar signs went off in everyone's eyes pretty simultaneously, <laughs> and... Uh, Things things developed from there. That said, I don't know everything. The accounts that I have received may not be, you know, 100 sure. percent or whatever. But I, I have spoken with some of these people, and um, they 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 all but said that you know what Monero suspects to be true is basically 95 percent true. And obviously, um, one of the things I said is Zoidberg is going to be at Monerotopia. I don't mean to slander him based on any involvement in. Crypto note by coin because Zoidbergs worked on their own project for years. They're doing what they think is best with the crypto note code base. I'm actually not sure if they're more crypto note or Monero. I don't know the development of Xano, but I do know that they have their own features and they're working on their own project. And that much is respectable with their current modern day work, at least. So I don't really mean to like call anyone out for harassment. Just note, like, I am very curious, and some of these people are still around. Yeah, I was trying to get Andre to join today, but he said he'll he'll save the CryptoNote stories for Monerotopia. If people are willing to talk about CryptoNote at Monerotopia, I will keep buying them drinks as long as they have new parts of the story to tell. <laughs> Andre is going to be your man to talk to. When, when I did interview Andre uh, the first time, he really kind of talked about Nicholas Van Saberhagen as though he were, you know, just like one guy that he was working with. And he made it sound like he, he's somebody that he still communicates with today. Diego, what's your comment on that? Um, so one of the things that they were the most tight-lipped about was Nicholas Van Saberhagen. So I wouldn't be able to add anything further into that. So mysterious. So who, so who from the early days, uh, so like you mentioned Taco Time, who were the, who was the original core team that forked it, that, that forked Monero, uh, away from, uh, Pit Monero? Um, there was, uh, I mean, the primary, the primary developer for the first while was Taco Time, um, and Smooth. 
I guess, uh, did a fair amount of work also. Uh, David Latpe was part of the original core team. He is sadly no longer with us. Um, and Fluffy Pony was also part of the original core team. He was not the code base maintainer, um, but he, he, he was present. He was there. Um, and there was, there was, there was like, who's on the core team now? Off, off was part of the original core team. And Offy, who, I don't know how you say it. And there was one more. So I think there was still seven. There might have been six. I don't recall off the top of my head. It's, 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 there's been a little bit of fog in recent times. Um, but yeah, it, that, that was largely it. Uh, Arctic Mine was a new addition. And so was Luigi. He was a new addition. How about Binary? Ah, I think he might have been. Yeah, he, he is, he is one of the newest, actually. Uh, he replaced Taco Time when he stepped down, uh, in 20, but Binary Fate was, was there for a long time. Uh, just not as part of the core team. Yeah, he joined the core team in like 2018 or so, which is recent by core team standards. I didn't realize that. So, uh, what, what do we know of like, what is Taco Time doing now? Is he still, developing things no last the like the very last comment that i see that he gave because he had a reddit was around the time of the fluffy pony uh scandal that happened as a result of you know the monero enterprise alliance but that was he wasn't like super active until that point like he was already like extremely, extremely intermittent in his in his Monero activity, and uh, I do know that he was doing some work for Decred. Oh, I like either around that time or about a year before that time or what have you. But I haven't heard anything since, and I don't think he's been active on his Taco Time uh, pseudonym for um, kind of since that point. So uh, we don't know. We don't know. Moved on to bigger and better things. Interesting. And then, how about Smooth? Smooth works works on other projects, right? To this day, Smooth. Um, so, I mean, I can only speak of my time with Core. Whenever I would bring things to Core team and discuss things, uh, Smooth wouldn't weigh in often, but he would weigh in on some of the more important things. So, at least up until my departure, he was still around. Um, I don't know what he was doing. I, I don't think he was involved in many other projects. I think he, if I had to take a guess, and Smooth, if you listen to this in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry if I got this wrong, you know, if I had to take a guess, I would say, you know, he had kind of taken a step back from a lot of things crypto, or at the very least done things under a different name, or, you know, behind the scenes, or what have you, and, you know, really just, um, really just did things intermittently with Core in the background. Monero, Monero has a way of, Sucking a lot out of you, not on purpose, but because it is a very passionate community and ideologically driven space. And like, you need to have a lot of, a lot of energy to deal with the people in the community and a lot of energy to keep up the passion and a lot of energy to, you know, deal with the FUD and all this stuff. If and a single um, person brings up TX Extra tonight, I'm leaving. <laughs> Just to give an example of what TX is talking about. <laughs> It, get, it gets to the point where um, I'm not surprised that the majority of previous core and a lot of current core 
have really taken a step back, especially from the, the limelight and, and do things mostly in the background. Um, and that, that is also to Monero's benefit from a community decentralization perspective, um, in my opinion. But uh, you do still have people like your Justins who are going strong for many, many years. Greatly respect them for that. Um, and those of us who have, for various reasons, kind of taken a step back and, and let things go as they, as they may. Um, and, you know, everyone has their own Monero journey. Everyone has their own reason why they might stick around for longer or why they might, might take a step back or whatever. But, yeah, being, being at the forefront, being, you know, super heavily involved with the day-to-days can be extraordinarily draining. And pretty much everyone who's taken a step back that I've spoken with has, has, has said that this is one of the major reasons why it's been a thing. So um, those of you who are going, keep going. I'm very happy. Very cool. It is exhausting. It is exhausting. So, yeah. we, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Doug. Go, no, go ahead, Luke. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask, are we going to go around saying what got each of us into Monero? What dragged us in? Yeah, go for it. You first. Oh, me first. <laughs> uh, I respected Monero because I heard it was private, but I had never touched it, never used it, never because I was a teenager and I didn't have money, so I couldn't buy any. <laughs> But at one point, I was talking with an exchange, and they're like, oh, we want to integrate Monero, but we have a hot wallet and a cold wallet. And the issue is a bunch of these crypto note forks. I think the main one they were considering was TurtleCoin. Um, they don't support watch-only wallets. So we can't list all these crypto note coins and Monero simply because we don't have a way to securely custody the coins because – a lot of forks just didn't implement watch wallets. So they hired me to write a Python library uh, just to enable uh, watching wallets. And I did that, and it is not my best work. It is archived. It has a big disclaimer on it nowadays. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of what got me first involved with Monero, and I learned a lot about the code base that way, just re-implementing it in Python. Uh, and then a while later, I was working on my own project, still not really involved with Monero, when the Monero Atomic Swap paper came out. And that had benefits for my own project, so I decided to implement it for my project. And then Nano, and only then was Monero. Monero was the third coin to have its own protocol implemented. <laughs> uh, but I've been hanging out ever since then. Yeah, doing doing amazing work, man. Thank you, I try. <laughs> Diego, what, what, yeah, what brought you in to, uh, Monero in the early days? Uh, so actually, um, none of the above. Um, I, I've always kind of had a, uh, ideology that, uh, runs alongside Cypherpunk, I guess, but I wasn't a tech guy at all before Monero, um, wasn't really big into computers, you know, nerd culture, gaming, whatever, um, sports guy. I was a jock. I, I, I would bully all you people. I'm, I'm sorry. For the, for the days back then. But then, um, I guess I got, I got married and, uh, I was going to go to medical school, got accepted, decided I didn't want to go. And I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do with my life? I had always been pretty good with design. So started up a little design firm, which was, you know, kind of the first iteration of, of Cypher Stack, as it were. And um, I had heard about cryptocurrency about a year prior to that point, and I had even clicked through a few of the websites and 
you know, design is a super saturated field. And I'm like, you need a niche, you know, because if you just try to appeal to everyone, like it, it's super saturated. I was like, oh, yeah, open source has like really sucky design. And like, I remembered one cryptocurrency in particular had the worst design I've ever seen. And I... I started clicking through the websites again, and I found it was unmistakable. It was Monero. <laughs> and so um, I, I I came around like, hey, guys, I can make you a new website. So I really just came around kind of peddling some words, you know, and the people were like, yeah, you know, that sounds okay. Um, why don't you read up on what we're all about so you can, you know, make us something good, something that aligns with our ideals, et cetera, et cetera. So I started reading up, very confused because – um, as you know, blockchain is a very difficult subject. You have to understand how does the internet work? You know, how does, uh, how does game theory work? How does math work? How does cryptography work? I, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know tech anything. I, I don't say this to brag. In fact, I say this, like, if you're, if you're listening now and you're like, well, I'm not super tech savvy and I like Monero. It sounds cool. I want to be private, but like, I don't have the expertise. I didn't grow up around tech or whatever. I didn't know any of this stuff, guys. And I just learned and learned and read and watched videos and read. The first articles I would read, I understood 10%, right? But then I read the next article and the next article and the next article. And by the when I came back to the first article, then I understood 30%. And I just did that again and again and again until I just had learned a bunch of stuff and now know what I'm talking about. Um, so the more I read, the more I learned, the more I liked what I was reading. Like I said, I, I've always had kind of ideologies that lean in this direction and um, – I was now just kind of able to put a label that I didn't know existed on that, you know, the cypherpunk label. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm a cypherpunk. <laughs> That's that cool. Um, and I did end up redoing the website to this day. The getmonero.org website is my design. Not all of the content there is mine anymore because, you know, it's, it's changed over the years and whatever. But the look and feel and all that stuff is is mine from way back when. And I decided to stick around and I started contributing and doing things and, uh, so I, I'm actually an interesting case in that I found Monero before I found Bitcoin. I didn't come to Monero through Bitcoin. Um, I came because Monero had the worst website. <laughs> and, um, yeah, stuck around, contributed for the next several years. And, you know, I was excited. I was excited to find a group of people that, you know, valued privacy and wanted to uh, make a, a difference in the world in a way that was very unconventional, nonviolent, uh, but, you know, would had the potential to change a lot of lives in a lot of places. So um, got involved as much as I could. And, you know, that's my Monero story. Hey, Diego, I know another quality cryptocurrency with a really bad website. If you want to come hang out. <laughs> Let me know. Tell me. <laughs> it sounds like uh, you're suggesting that Monero make its website worse to attract more talent. That's right. Um, I have to step out for, for two seconds, baby things. <laughs> it's nice to have D Diego back. I haven't heard from him in a long time. Diego was a jock. That's that's news to me. Uh, Justin, yeah. So I know I know you kind of mentioned it, or like kind of talking around the fringes about it. But yeah, what actually like, pulled you in to Monero? Um, oof. I mean, I, I was familiar with Tor and ITP before I knew what Bitcoin was really. And when I grew up, my dad would run. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so my dad would run, uh, Steady at Home on Boink, which is like a, it, it's, 
it allow it's it's it allows computers all over the world to use their idle power to do scientific research projects. So I was already familiar with the idea of what is basically mining in that sense, except for research projects instead of just a random number generator. And then I was also familiar with the decentralized network for the sake of privacy. So you added Bitcoin in there, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, and saw pretty early that it wasn't as private, didn't have all the privacy properties as I would have liked. And that led me down the rabbit hole of trying to find some of those. And I saw on Stack Exchange a post about Monero ring signatures and other potential approaches that people were doing for privacy. And that's how I found Monero. And although I was still researching and learning things at the time, I definitely never really ended up leaving. <laughs> so that was, that's what drew me in initially. What was it about, you know, the privacy that, that grabbed you? Like, why, why did you see that as, as being so essential? At the time, I mean, I understood the importance of why you'd want a, a, a private digital payment. I, I didn't love the idea that, uh, you know, you're giving up the properties of cash as we're going online. I felt that it was, uh, you know, I didn't want to sh- share certain information about my purchases with everyone in the world. And I discovered that pretty early on. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty easy match for me to, 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 to make, um, make when I was but, you know, before I went to college. And so by the time I went to college, I was already interested in Monero, you know, building the early Monero miners on those old GPU rigs and stuff. And and uh, and uh, then I started talking to people at meetups about Monero, and that was really what pushed me over the, head, uh, over the ledge a little bit to to keep sharing with people. Amazing. Yeah, just how old were you when you, like, kind of, like, really first messing, started messing around with Monero? Messing around first time? Oh, uh Maybe like seventeen. <laughs> That's crazy. Luke, yeah, 16 or I think Luke, Luke, how old, you're? You're like what twenty right now? Luke, how old are you? Uh, I'm twenty one now. Jeez, can, so I'm actually starting to find people younger than me in various communities. It's weird. <laughs> I now have to no be the responsible than... one. <laughs> you're no longer the baby. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> and, uh, I think I first started working on a Monero codebase. If it was 2018, yeah, I would have been 16. Wow. Sorry, D- Justin. Beat you by a year. <laughs> hey, Diego, Diego, how old were you, man? You were super young too, man. How old were you when you first? Uh, got him when I when I first found Monero, I guess 21. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 29 now, so. Uh, actually, MoneroCon overlaps with my birthday, so that's, that's, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Do I want to spend my 30th with you, Lamewarrant? Or... <laughs> oh, no. Jock Diego is back. He's bullying us. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, I want to call on Tuxedo, actually. Have a look. You have yeah, yeah. for a while. Let's bring Tuxedo up. Tuxedo. Hey, what's up? Can you hear me? Yeah. How's it going? Hi. Uh, I'm newer to this community. Uh, I got into Monero probably, I think it's been about a year, about a year ago. I've been into computers, like, since I was, like, a very young kid, though. Um, and I've been in into privacy for uh, quite a few years. Um, growing up, I've always just done regular computer stuff. You know, like, I used Windows, played games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but towards my later years in high school, um, being into computers, doing a little bit of programming, understanding a lot more how it works, I started to realize just how, like, 
little privacy you have like online and with a lot of software. And uh, that basically led me down the path of becoming privacy pilled. And I even, I even wrote, I did a presentation in my last year of high school uh, on online privacy and how these data brokerage companies like take, steal all your data and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at some point I realized, holy crap, there's no way to pay for anything privately online because, uh, I knew that I knew I wasn't super into crypto. I was never like super into Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that. I had a little bit just to hold for like investment purposes, but I knew that none of those are private and they can all be tracked. Um, and then I found out about Monero. Uh, my friend had mentioned it to me as like, oh yeah, that's, that's the private cryptocurrency. And I was like, huh, interesting. And so I looked into Monero and I was like, this is really cool. The ability to just completely anonymously buy anything online, uh, before you had to use either a credit debit card or like a very traceable currency that you would probably get from a centralized exchange like, like Bitcoin or Litecoin. So that was really cool. Uh, and I, I went down the extreme path of trying to get Monero as anonymously as possible. So I used Bitcoin ATMs, which have like scam fees, like insanely high scam fees. Uh, and I even, and a lot of those Bitcoin ATMs even have a KYC. So like you need a phone number. So I, I even went on my way to buy an anonymous phone with phone number with cash, uh, which is great and, and kind of a waste of money. And that way I was able to use these ATMs and put in my fake phone number and put in some other information, get the Bitcoin, and then convert that Bitcoin to Monero. Uh, but at some point I'm like, I don't even need to do that because I can just use like other methods, like there's local Monero. And even if I'm trying to get a lot of Monero, I will use a centralized exchange just because once I pull it out, that's it. It's pretty much free to go. There's no way they can really trace it. But beyond, beyond that, unless I decide to put it back in. So... Yeah, I like Monero. I use it a lot. Uh, I, I'm surprised myself by how much I use it. Uh, I use it for my VPN, my phone service. Uh, I bought coffee with Monero. I've bought, uh, food with Monero online. But, uh, Monero is super cool and I can't believe it's nine years old. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, the Monero community is definitely, uh, one of the cooler communities I've seen. Uh, where it's just like super passionate about the technology and, uh, about like what it's doing to disrupt the centralized systems that we have in place. Whereas most other communities I've, I've briefly looked at seem to a lot care more about just like money and line go up and price and stuff. Uh, whereas with Monero, it's just a, a huge development community and a huge passion for privacy and, uh, the right to transact however you want. Beautiful, man. And I should say, uh, Tuxedo will be at Monerotopia. He's going to be helping out with the workshops and yes, helping us a lot behind the scenes as well. Thanks for that, man. You've been, you've been amazing. Happy to help. Doug, you're going to chime in with your story now that everyone else has told theirs? Yeah. I mean, everybody's heard my, my story a million times, but for me, like, like what really pulled me in to, well, to crypto really was, uh, this, this idea of, of being able to essentially disrupt the state, right? Take, take away power from the state, reduce the power of the state. And so I saw Bitcoin as, as, you know, an amazing way to do that. But when I started to realize its vulnerable vulnerabilities, 
primarily privacy, right? That was like the most obvious thing to me when I started actually using it, sending to people. Uh, I instantly saw that as a, 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 what I saw as a flaw, right? So if this thing was going to be something that governments wouldn't be able to corrupt, uh, I was concerned that if they can track and trace transactions, that ultimately they'd be able to wield control over it. So I, I was on the search for something like Monero, and I was looking at Monero at the time. Actually, I was looking at Zcash, right, uh, early on before they, you know, before they even launched. I was excited about the fact that Zcash was going to be launched. Um, and it was really Monero that, that just pulled me in after, you know, researching it. And been obviously, like, quote-unquote, Monero Maxi ever since. And uh, I have yet to see... Another crypto that uh, is as compelling for me for this use case of preserving liberty in the digital age. And, yeah, that's that's my story. So we got Vic. We got Vic in the house. Vic, come on up. Julian, what's going on, man? Hi. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty new, I would say, like, to this, like, community in the sense. I've been following Monero now for, yeah, like, actually a bit longer, but... I got more into it, like I would say, two years ago, and yeah, I would I would probably say I'm 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 probably like the most the most normie inside this group, I guess. <laughs> I work in big tech, and uh, so I'm not even like probably less opposed to everything than than most people here. But I I, I just think that like if if like the trend continues that we see nowadays that. Uh, like there's less and less privacy, more and more surveillance and control. Uh, I think like future generations will have very little uh, digital serenity. And since all our lives become so digital, like like it's basically like going to be a bad situation to be in. And so I think Monero is the best the best way to to defend this, like in the in the value transfer uh, space. And, and yeah, I also think Bitcoin I, like. Obviously, like I, like the first thing that I read about was Bitcoin. Like, uh, but and uh, but I kind of really think that this is feels a bit like a Trojan horse to some sense because like you you get this ability to transfer value without asking anyone, which is great. But then um, when you actually think about it, as long as there are more powerful entities in the world than you, if the more powerful entities know exactly what you do. It actually doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if your bank says you're not allowed to transfer this or if you can transfer it, but then they'll, you, you will be put in jail or, or anything else bad happens. That, that has the same, that is the same outcome that you're not free to, like, do your, come to your own decisions. And so I really think I'm, 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 I actually love all the tech that we see in, in the crypto space, but mostly because I think, like, at some point, <laughs> <laughs> this can be more or less integrated into Monero and all the like, like the scaling and whatever. It will at some point benefit a currency that is like, like truly private. Yeah. So that's that's what's keeping me here. Fantastic, man. Well, well said. Completely agree with those sentiments. Vic, hey, what's Dad. going on, man? How you doing? Good, good. We're chilling. Good. We're just, good uh, uh, big we birthday get... for Monero, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a good group here. Yeah, Vic, aren't you the CEO of Paveno, one of the projects in the Monero ecosystem? As we celebrate the Monero's birthday, you want to do a deep technical dive into, you know, your project? Yeah, let's, let's get into that right now. 
Oh, uh, Luke. Uh, always picking on the old people, huh? <laughs> oh, come you know on, what? Vic. You're not that old. Not that old, not that old. You guys are keeping me young, which is good. Um, you know what Julian just said? Um, that's something I always talk about whenever anybody asks me, or even like a normie to use the word he said, you know, what do you like about Monero or just crypto in general? I think that permissionless is so valuable, so important. You know, you don't have to rely on a third party. I mean, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really good point Julian made. Go ahead, Luke. You wanted to say something? Uh, pick on me some more. Uh, no, I think I'll wait a few more minutes. By the way, the tweet, but thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. By the way, that tweet I put out today with uh, Cake Wallet working on cubes, I have to give some uh, credit there for to Luke to you know show me how to uh, get cubes running and all that. So thanks for that, Luke. Happy to help you become more private, <laughs> or rather, technically more secure. Yeah, yeah. And he also showed me how to use. Uh, Tails, that was pretty good, and actually Justin helped with that as well. So pretty exciting to get Cake Wallet running on there, get some more privacy. I'll yeah, but, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, wait, t- tell us a little bit more about that. I haven't been following. Well, what are the developments there? Well, I mean, this year a big push has been to get Cake Wallet and Monero.com on the desktop. So you know, we have the Mac one already out. That's live on the Mac App Store. The Linux builds are, builds are still what we call internal alpha. Uh, we're, we're trying those. So for Linux, we just, you know, before we put it out, we just want to make sure it works on Tails, Cubes, and Hunix. Um, so that's Don't forget the working. very classic Ubuntu Debian. Of course. That's already, it's already working uh, on there. By the way, I use Arch. Are you going to be supporting Arch Linux? And I'll send you a copy. You can try it, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> because by oh, the way, Arch user. Because, by the way, I use Arch, so it's very important it works on Arch Linux, you know, the Linux for the really hardcore hacker people. Yeah, by the you way, don't want the I Arch people Arch. to come after you. <laughs> I, I sent you the latest build. You can give it a try. Oh, I have Didn't to allocate time to do that. Big, I'm busy. Do you want me to build a DEX, or do you want at? me to beta you? test your app? <laughs> oh, that's right. You're, you're building something. I forget what it's called. Uh... Thor swap or something? <laughs> you are so close to no longer being my friend. <laughs> oh, that'll be exciting. That's good. So who else is on? Well, we got Cypherstack, Tuxudo, who's always very supportive. Yeah, we were, we were hearing from Diego. He was uh, giving us some, some history from the early days of Monero. Diego is our resident historian. Yeah. That's uh, me. And don't forget, Diego was the one who pretty much helped my, you know, held my hand, getting Cake Wallet to be open source and guide me through that process. Uh, he played a very important part. Do you want to share the story of what happened when you first announced Cake? Everyone said fuck off, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, do you want to go more depth about why that was in your personal journey? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean... I mean, you know, open source, I mean, I think everyone's heard me say this on, on different interviews and all that, and I've written about it as well. I didn't even understand what open source was. I just thought it meant that if you use open source code out there, that you're automatically open source. So um, Diego was uh, very quick to educate me. The community was very quick to educate me. And uh, I think, what, two weeks after we launched, we went open source? So it was a good move. Um, but, yeah, but everyone was super welcome. I think everyone was really hungry for an iOS wallet um so it was like perfect timing fun times i, I love to reminisce about that five six years ago it was, it was so exciting and, I, and, and I, now I think about it 
Monero's nine-year history. We've been part of it. Cake's been part of it for, what, five and a half years now, and me personally six and a half years. So it's quite exciting. Good, Great journey. And you still haven't released a cube build yet? It's. I can send you a copy right now. <laughs> Happy to hear. <laughs> you just have like the no regular, uh, like the regular Linux binaries right now, don't you? You don't have any specific distro releases. Um, Justin could probably answer that. I we just put them in a tar and just send them over. That's all we do right now. Yeah, that's really what I remember else. getting from you. It was just, uh, it was just a tar with the binary. I still recommend okay. Flatpak. As an option, but right. you can look into that. The app images are where it's at, people. Yeah. Doesn't Flatpak have better isolation than app images? Yes, that's why I like it, because you can, it's got sandboxing, you can control the files it accesses, the network access, and you can change a bunch of permissions, like certain dbus access and all that stuff. So I use Flatpaks for most things I can. Yeah, if you're not going to, like, go the full step of running cubes, or even if you do run cubes, Flatpak is solid. All right, so Vic, it's now your personal responsibility to get uh, Arch Linux, Cubes, Unix, Tail, a Docker image for a server environment, Flatpak, <laughs> App Image. Um, Ubuntu is going to ask you for a snap. Um, right, anything else you want to throw out there? Don't bother sending things to Luke. He doesn't actually try them. I, I would no, know. He doesn't. He doesn't. You asked me to try them. One of the things you asked me to try was a Windows thing. I don't even have a Windows computer. <laughs> have you tried our Linux one? Have you sent me your Linux one? Yes. No, you... No, you haven't. <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure you haven't. I sent you the link. Get it from our GitHub. Here it is. Well, no, if you send me it, I'm not going to run it. But I don't think you sent me it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're going to accuse me of not bothering to run my friend's code, let's just be right about whether or not it was sent. Hey Vic, so you, you talked with us about uh, your, your kind of the start of your cake wallet journey, but we've all been kind of sharing kind of a, how we found Monero to begin with. You want to just give us a quick five minutes of, of how Vic oh, found yeah. Monero? You want me to tell that story? <laughs> we're telling we're tell, tell our little stories, man. So... You know, I, I got into Bitcoin around 2013, and I knew it was fine. I was collecting okay. it. So I have an issue that I didn't know which to oh, go okay. to. Uh, I don't know if you guys can help me out with it. All right, go ahead. So the issue is that Bank hacked my phone and released my information to a bunch of people, and it's like doing it over the cellular network. And I don't know what to do about it. Not exactly. I don't know what you guys can do about it, but like you guys were live right now, and it just happened. Like I just realized that it was uh, it happened. It was happening today when they hacked my phone and like inputted an image, and then uh, I withdrew my with, uh, withdrew my funds, and then they again hacked my phone, and they were like asking for my phone was asking me to turn on my GPS location, and then of course I said no because I always always uh, always have it off. So yeah, I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know how long they've been doing that. And I asked them to delete my account, and they didn't do that. So I'm a bit lost right now. Like, I don't know why they're attacking me in this manner. What, what are you talking about, man? Are you, this is, is, like, is this Monero or something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, this is something this else. Is Monero related? I, I apologize. This is, not, this is not about Monero. I just, like, I was just really confused. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I don't think yeah. Anyone, nobody's going to have an answer for you, man. If yeah. you feel like somebody is... Uh, 
Is I can give the general advice. Really, Jake has really, really good customer service, but I don't know. <laughs> anybody else? Go to your local authority, man. It's not that much a big deal, but I'm like, uh, I'm confused if I should contact the authorities or not. And like, I don't know if the crypto community is correct. Uh, we don't know what you're saying. Well, there's the general advice, you know, if you think your phone's been hacked, um, the simplest thing is just to get a different phone entirely, though that costs a few hundred dollars. Uh, if you're getting a new phone, Graphene, Graphene OS is great, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we're sorry, but we can't exactly, like, help you remove, like, fix a compromised phone, reformat it. I, 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 I removed it. <laughs> sorry about that. So, Vic, anyway, 2013. <laughs> by the way, by the way, don't take advice from Luke. You know, one time I said to him, I said, but I've already gone to the Tails website and downloaded it, so somebody knows I'm using Tails. And he's like, you need to burn your computer. <laughs> you need to burn <laughs> different ISP. <laughs> I never said that. I never said get a different ISP. I probably said if you're going to download Tails, do it over Tor. (laughs) And that if you hadn't used Tor, it was too late. I never said get a different ISP. I was just honest with you that, yeah, you were tagged. (laughs) They're coming for you now, man. Exactly. I'm done. Well, so that goes with my story, right? So, you know, I got into Bitcoin 2014 and, uh, you know, it was fun collecting it. I was on Coinbase or whatever and just buying Bitcoin. And I was like, I got to use this somehow, you know. So I got on the one of the dark net markets to buy antibiotics. I, didn't, I, was, like, I was like, let me try buying something with Bitcoin. Wait, here. wait. No, it's it honestly antibiotics. You know, my wife's right here. She was, it was actually for Sonali. And, um, and I went to my Coinbase account like an idiot because I didn't know anything. And I, th- I think this must have been like 16 or late 16 or early 17. And I sent the Bitcoin to this seller on Alphabay. And I kid you not, within like five, 10 minutes, I got an email from Coinbase saying your account has been deactivated or suspended, whatever term they used. And please, you've uh, violated term, blah, 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 this illicit activity. And said, um, you know, we're shutting down your account and move your, move your coins off immediately. So I was like, what the hell? That, how, how did this happen? I'm glad I got that early uh, rude awakening. Um, of how you know, traceable Bitcoin is. I was like, how the hell did they know where I'm sending? Are they like collecting every address in the darknet market sellers? So I guess they were. Um, so I was like, what the hell? What's going on here? But at the same time, I saw an Bay. There's this other coin, and it was called Monero. And I was like, what the hell is this coin? Why, why Monero? Why not Ethereum or Litecoin? Or there's so many other more popular coins back then. Um, then I just started researching you know what, what is this about and I learned about fungibility and privacy and um and i found these powerpoint type slides on the internet back in i guess seven sixteen seven maybe late sixteen and a lot of information on how monero works is really helpful and all those slides were written by a guy named justin Ehrenhofer. is a, a freshman in college maybe right justin yeah freshman or sophomore freshman or sophomore yeah and uh it's a justin Ehrenhofer, university of minnesota um, I thought, wow, it must be CHD post-grad guy with a beer and a pipe uh, writing all these papers. Tweed jacket. Tweed jacket. Prepared to have patches on the elbows. <laughs> right, right. Bikes to classes, you know, that type of guy. Um, 
But yeah, then, then I just started, went deep dive and was like, incredible. Became a big fan and then 17 started writing Cake Wallet. Well, I didn't start writing it, but, you know, started working on the project Wait, for Cake Wallet. How old was Justin when the two of you met? I think he was like four or five. <laughs> Justin, how old were you when you and Vic met? <laughs> oh, God, the first time would have been uh, when I stood in New York for that meetup. So I would have been yeah. 20. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't drink yet. Oh, my oh, God, wow, have I the new Justin? Yeah. Vic found me when I was 20. <laughs> Justin. He's replacing you now, but in a few years he'll be replacing me. We have to band together, Justin. We can't let Vic sure. do this to us. Yeah, so if there's any uh, 18, 19-year-olds on that, you know. Vic, didn't you just say your wife was in the other room? look for Yikes. Oh, man. You guys are going to get me in trouble. So that's my minor story. And then, uh, I'm pretty sure you got yourself in trouble, Vic. Don't drag yeah, us into that. Look, I said 18, 19. I didn't say anything. Hey, um, I am looking for then, adults who know the Monero protocol, okay? Yeah, 18-year-olds are adults. They can vote, go to join the military. So going along with the Monero journey, then I actually Doug was, uh, you know, as soon as we launched Cake Wallet, Doug reached out to me right away. Oh, we're both in New York. We should meet up. That was pretty good. And then we started the Monero Meetup Group and, uh, in New York. Yeah, good times. That's yeah, my Monero that was, that was a good time, man. Wait, Vic, what, what made you, like, build the, you know, set out to build a wallet? Just because you, you just saw that nobody else had, had made it, like, an iOS wallet yet? Was it, was it like, yeah. did, you, did you already have, like, were you looking for a project? I mean, what, what, like, why were you so compelled to build a Monero um, wallet? Yeah, I think all of the above. I'm going to do a project. I became a fan of Monero. They told that story. And there was no iOS um, wallet app for it. So, you know, just saw the opportunity there. And, and, you know, a lot of stuff I do, I do it for myself. I was like, oh, it'd be cool for me. For You know, I would like to have a, a Monero wallet on my iPhone. So and I think there was another wallet being built at that time. But, um, you know, it's good not to – sometimes good not to know what somebody else is doing and just stay but yeah, a lot of yeah that was at My Monero, right? At, the, yeah. at that time? Like, everybody's yeah. waiting for My Monero to launch. I think there's the XX wallet or something, and there's some controversy with that going on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's something that no one knows anymore. Wait, what was the yeah, X wallet? Yeah. I don't know what. I thought we were, we was waiting on My Monero. Wasn't My Monero trying no, to get so, the iOS? No, X, X wallet was a wallet for iOS, but... They, they did this thing where for, it's like for every transaction you sent, they technically sent the second one to themselves as a way of monetizing their wallet. But forcing kind of two, um, uh, it was very easily fingerprinted that it was coming from X Wallet. Um, as a result of that, because it was all in the same transaction in the way that they built it. Right. And it's just all transactions with three outputs instead of two. Exactly, and so people were like, "Well, it's going to be really trivial to see that this is coming from X Wallet." And a lot of people, a lot of smart people, told them that, and they kind of threw several hissy fits and like, "No, that's not the case. No, you guys are blowing this out of proportion. No, this is wrong." And uh, I guess they just kind of quietly faded away because, yeah, just overall nobody really cared to use them because of the because of the fud, as they said. <laughs> 
Yeah, the weird thing, too, is that it wasn't like they were even taking a cent or so in each transaction. They were taking fractions of a cent. So they would have... They weren't even going to profit from it if you actually ran the numbers. It was very odd. Well, all they had to do was get every single Monero transaction. Vic, your mic is on, and you're sorting silverware. Um, <laughs> oh, my mic is on. Oh, that's, that's, my that's, mic is on. It's cooking eggs. Sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. I, I, my Twitter spaces is busted. For some reason, it always says Vic is unmuted and the one talking. It seems like not all the bugs are gone in this space. Um, but, um, all they had to do was get every single person to use X Wallet, and then it wouldn't have been a privacy issue because all transactions would have had three outputs. That and was they... a lawful reason for doing this time, yes. <laughs> and then well, their fractions of a cent would have been profitable but... because, you know, Monero is now doing tens of thousands of transactions a day. You know, a fraction of a cent, that's dollars a day. So, I mean, I remember, Doug, you, you explaining way back then that their the third output of their own fee, the way Monero fees were so high back then, those outputs would be pretty much unspendable. It would cost more to spend those. Something like that. Do you remember that? Justin, maybe that was Justin. I don't know. I don't, I don't think. It, it, yeah, it, it, that's more or less what it was. Yeah, you'd have to spend like ninety percent or you know plus or minus twenty percent of the value in order to actually spend those funds. So it was a very bad monetization ball. <laughs> Uh, method at the, at the minimum. But yeah, you definitely wrote on that initially is you launched before they did and out of the blue and they, uh, and they stuck with that weird commitment to have the third output and no one, you know, no one wanted to use a wallet that did that and so it really just faded into obscurity. Who was behind that? Do we know who was behind that? Yeah, was someone else named Justin, uh, Ram, Rustic Bison, Justin, oh, I forget his last name. Uh, goodness. Can we, just hang up, can we just hang up a sign that we're at capacity for Justin's? And as much as we would love new, fresh talent, we just, sorry, we can't accept anyone else named Justin. We're at capacity over here. Yeah, I don't think, I, I was thinking, you know, Justin Berman, we call him the other Justin, OJ. Vic, <laughs> only you do that. And every time you try to do it, I call you out for doing it. It's literally something only you are pushing. What do you mean, we? <laughs> I try. That's from Silicon Valley, you know, Jared, other Jared, OJ, if you guys have seen that. <laughs> I just always refer to the Justins as, like, Justin Ehrenhofer or Justin Berman. And, like, when I'm talking with the Justin here, even if I'm referring to him, I'll, like, still use his – sorry, even if I'm referring to Jay Berman, I'll still spell out Berman, even when I'm talking to Justin Ehrenhofer, just because of how confusing the multiple Justins can be. To be fair, my surname does not make it easy, but <laughs> have to give thanks to Cake Wallet because uh, I'm sure I'm sure you know most of you know if you're in you know like open source space that uh, I know I know certainly Diego knows that uh, you know most software in the open source space or at least historically has been not the most intuitive and not the most accessible, and there are a lot of communities. Uh, Certain like open source, maybe Linux-ish communities, uh, certain dev communities that are very gatekeepy and just want you to f- be able to figure everything out. Like, oh, if you can't figure it out, you don't get to be part of it. You don't get to use it. Whatever. Uh, the Monero community is not like that at all. And so Cake Wallet is really powerful because I'm able to get my mom to use Monero, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and I've I've been able to get a couple friends to use Monero. Uh, and having having that polished and easy 
to to start yet powerful experience is so important for adoption and cake waltz the perfect uh it's the perfect way to get someone onto monero and cake pay is super awesome i was able to uh pay for a movie ticket a couple weeks ago with cake pay and i was able to do the exact amount right there it worked instantly and i saved three percent my ticket was less than my friends right so that was really cool that sucks. That, that means a lot um, that you can even get your visit. And that's great. Thanks. Thanks for that. And remember, kids, use the original Cake Wallet. Just a copy of Cake Wallet. I had to throw that in there. Nobody got it. How about, how about uh, Stack Wallet? What's going on with Stack? Diego. Oh, I don't want to step on any toes here. I've got some big, <laughs> powerful people. <laughs> yeah, Diego, yeah. how's development on Stack Wallet going? <laughs> Well, why? What, what made you start Stackwell, man? Give, give, Stack give us a feel on Stackwell. Stackwell uh, is doing great stuff. I'm really excited about that. Uh, so, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I started Stack because I love Vic. I love Justin. Um, I just was never 100% satisfied with Cake's uh, UI. Uh, they follow a lot of modern trends that are trends for a reason. Hello, 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 hello. I, I can hear you. Okay. Uh, they're trends, so there there are a lot of trends that are trends for a reason. I am sorry, um, Vic. You might want to reload, Vic. I'll I'll message you. Sorry. Continue, Diego. Can everyone else hear me? Yeah, Vic, Vic, sign out and sign back in. Um, if you can't hear him, we could all hear him. Uh, but I I, I truly truly say this, meaning no shade uh, to Cake Wallet. I privately and publicly recommend Cake Wallet to like every person that's like, well, you know, I don't really, I'm not really liking Stack or you know, hey, I want to be able to buy Monero or use Monero. Like, if, you know, I say Cake Wallet. They got gift cards. You can buy straight out of their app now. Like, go use Cake. I, I really love Cake. Um, and truly, Stack would not exist uh, with without Cake. Um, not that we forked them, but, you know, there, there's just a lot of inspiration there. Uh, but, you know, I'm a UX designer, and there was a lot of little niggles, and it's not my project, right? So um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to make something, uh, throw my hat in the ring, but uh, secondly, you know, there were other coins and things that I wanted to see supported. Um, for those of you who know, you know, there was a big uh, debacle that happened because I was doing some uh, design work for Firo on the side. And <clears throat> Firo is another privacy coin that does legitimate research into privacy protocols and stuff. Probably one of the only ones with an actual, like, research arm. Um, and do a lot of great stuff. Uh, and I'm a privacy maximalist before I'm a Monero maximalist. So, you know, I wanted to see them supported. And, um, you know, there's a lot of little reasons, but ultimately I kind of shrugged my shoulders like, eh, why not? You know, let's give it a go. And um, so got my little CypherStack crew together. Uh, CypherStack is the account that I'm on right now. We're just, you know, blockchain design development firm. Um and uh, we do research. We we do a lot of design work because we're designers. Yay! Um, so decided to start that up, and you know, been working on it for the past year. I guess it's been it's been a long, 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 long process. Um, it's a lot of ups and downs, and uh, but I, I'd say overall it's been pretty fun. We're we're targeting a slightly different market. I would say um, in that you know I'm implementing. Uh, Bitcoin privacy things onto Stack Wallet, such as Paynims, Whirlpool, and l let me let me say, guys, let me be the first to say that working on Bitcoin privacy things has only renewed my love for Monero. 
because as I am working on these things, as I'm implementing this stuff, I'm like, this stuff sucks really bad. Like, I can't speak to the privacy guarantees, only to the user experience, right? But, like, there's so many things you have to keep in mind. You don't just need the Whirlpool for the mixing. You need post-mix tools to make sure you don't accidentally recombine certain outputs. For PayNIMS, which is like stealth addresses, but much, much worse, because, um, you know, you can't reuse Bitcoin addresses privately, so they invented something called PayNIMS that kind of lets you reuse things privately, but... You're not supposed to send the change output. You're supposed to send, in order to use it, you first have to send a tiny transaction to the person you're trying to use it with that establishes a mini connection between you and them. Then you can send indefinite transactions to their address, but you can't spend certain change outputs that come back to you. It is a nightmare. Like, it is a horrendous nightmare. Coin control is a must in Bitcoin because you will just screw yourself over by doing like the slightest thing wrong, you will screw over your privacy. So as I have been working on implementing this stuff into Bitcoin, I'm just like, there's no way. There is there is zero percent chance, even if I make the UX as good as I could ever possibly make it, the best it will ever be, there is zero percent chance you're, you're getting grandma to use this, you're getting your parents to use this, you're, you know, even a relatively tech savvy person is just not going to use this um, on the day-to-day, right? Uh, it's it's bad. It's really bad. And as I have been working on these things, I'm just like, man, with Monero, you just send. <laughs> you just send, and you just receive, and it just works, and you don't have to do anything. And I can have my grandma send Monero or my or my parents or my whatever, and it just it just works, man. Like, I don't have to do any of this mixing or i don't have to do any of these post mixing or i don't have to do any of these things it's it's so horrendous um the bitcoin privacy community is a enthusiastic bunch i guess is the way to put it you know they're very they're very supportive of people who are like oh that's cool that you're doing these things so like for example um samurai wallet is the biggest one for those of you who have heard of it uh they they didn't invent bit 47 which is kind of that payment code paynims resent to the address multiple times thing but they did make the most popular implementation of it but it was only on android so we put out the first one that's ever come on ios and still currently the only one on ios and so people were like oh yeah stack wallet you know i got a lot of street cred for that um and i'm in several of their rooms and they like me and they like stack wallet and all these kinds of things but like man dude like it's, uh, we spend so much time, we spend so much time in the design room going over iteration after iteration after iteration of this Bitcoin privacy stuff because it's just like, this is not good enough. This is, this, and, and the stuff we put out, I'm proud of it. Like, if you if you go to our payment, payment in implementation in Stack Wallet, it's good. I'm really proud of what we were able to do. But, like, it took a lot of time to get there. And I, it just, it renewed my love for Monero simplicity. You you just send and it just works and it's great. I I love that actually like I I totally feel you because at Cake we do we do all the design before we do any of the actual feature implementation and Vic and I have talked for hours well not right you know combined weeks of time like real time on how the hell to do things like Paynims Whirlpool and we still haven't settled on anything right and it's it's just it's a huge amount of work. So I, I totally feel you. And, and yeah, you guys definitely have a very good pain and implementation, but it's just funny to be like, okay, we now have something that is 
considerably worse than Venero Stomp addresses after all this effort. Yeah, that, <laughs> right? That's the thing that gets me, right? Like I've made I've made the best pain in implementation out there. Um if I may toot my own horn. And yet, despite it being the best, it's still a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what of the privacy that Monero offers. So all this work for just the tiniest bit of gain compared to Monero. Like, it's it's actually mind-blowing. Um, Wait, you guys are designing? I've just been writing code for the last year. I was supposed to design designers. it? It's supposed some to be us, used by people? Some of us think that code is boring, <laughs> and, and you, you, yeah, boring, boring, boring. You, you okay, code. if you ever ask for my help integrating with Sarai, you're not getting any now. Mr. Thinks I'm boring. <laughs> I mean, that's just to say, to say, chat GPT, please, uh, connect you, you to my mind. <laughs> you read my mind. Chat GPT, please write a decentralized exchange for me and make it secure. Thanks, bye. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. I don't understand. <laughs> I would tear it apart in five seconds with a list of criticals and you know it. <laughs> well, you'd probably have to use chat GPT to tear it apart. Well, the cool wow. thing, the cool thing Luke, is that your profession does not equal you. So if I think a profession is boring, I don't think you're boring, you know? You're saying that separate of my work, I'm an actual human being who does things worth celebrating? That's so yes. sweet. It's also not true. I am slowly defined by my GitHub. If you see me write code, I am doing good. If I'm not writing code, I am an abject failure. Do you know how much time I spent on this project? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, to answer your question, Doug, yes, two questions. Yes, you know, what, what have, what started this and also kind of, you know, what's coming? We're, we're doing a lot of Bitcoin stuff, um, because we are waiting for a certain person in this room who is, who is a stellar human being, love him to death, great at everything he touches to finish up a certain uh, Rust library for Monero um, for their decentralized exchange. Some some kid or other, he does he does some good work, I guess. Um, and because we want to switch over to Rust Monero. So until that point, we're putting most Monero work on hold because I don't want to do it twice, do it now, and then, you know, have to redo it when we switch over to the Rust code. Um, so doing a lot of Bitcoin stuff in the meantime, Bitcoin privacy, we're putting Tor into the wallet here pretty soon. Um, we're putting, um, yeah, we're, we're building towards Whirlpool because, you know, people, people like that for some reason. And, uh, we just, we just added Ethereum. I, that's probably not a big, you know, I'm not a big Ethereum guy. I've got a lot of issues with the idea of a world computer that doesn't have good oracles, but, <laughs> you know, that aside, uh, a lot of people like Ethereum. So we just added Ethereum. That You can't interact with Web3. There's no NFTs. You could just send and receive Ethereum as well as send and receive ERC-20 tokens. Um, so that just happened, like, last week. That's pretty cool. That was that was like a month and a half in the making and also uh, difficult uh from slightly slightly more difficult from a UX perspective. So unfortunately for you Monero people, uh, so Monero things are, are on hold, but I do have huge plans for Monero once we do switch over. And when we do switch over, that's kind of floodgates are going to open and we're going to really pour a lot of things into Monero because I want to give it the love that it deserves. And for those of you Wow Monero people, as you know, Wow Monero just forked on April 1st, and we got it working. Yay. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, uh, uh, do you think uh, 
You think you'll be able to pull off Whirlpool on iOS? In terms of whether they'll allow it, or in terms of what in particular? I mean, is it, is the answer anyway, is, yeah. is it possible? Okay. The, the answer to all of the questions is yes. Um, Apple is quite a hostile environment when it comes to privacy or anything that they think might be dangerous or anything that they think might hurt their users or cost them money, right? Uh, so... Uh, I do think we'll be able to get it on there. Uh, I was kind of concerned with Paynims also for similar reasons, but went through mostly without a problem, I guess. Uh, they stop us for re really stupid reasons. They're like, you, you need a way to delete your account. I'm like, we don't, they don't have an account. What are you talking about? <laughs> we don't have accounts. They're like, no, no, no. So you need a way to delete the account. So we added a delete account button for iOS only that, uh, I mean, it, it, there's no account on our service to delete, but at, it wipes the data from your phone, I guess. <laughs> and we put a scathing message like, Apple makes us do this. We don't have an account. So, yeah, this is what it does. Click this if you want. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, Apple is... It's pretty hostile to things like this. So there, there is a bit of concern there, uh, whether or not they would let that go through. But we are, we are masters at getting those things through. I don't know if you know this, Vic, but you're technically not supposed to have any third party swap exchanges on there either. Uh, we got denied for that and we had to take them out. Ha ha, I'm in danger. You guys got, <laughs> you guys got either grandfathered in or, uh, because, you're not a new app, and they don't do, like, a super in-depth tap-through of everything. I mean, I don't, I don't see how because it's kind of front and center, and I'm not going to freaking report you guys. <laughs> but, you know, th this is this is something in their rules now. They're like, if you have a swap exchange, you, you need to be the swap exchange. So only change now, according to iOS rules, can um, – put out an iOS change now app. Anyone who integrates them are technically breaking the rules. And, you know, it really depends on your reviewer at the time, whether or not they see something, whether or not they care. Um, so, you know, just, just a heads up, uh, they may pop you at any time for that. Hopefully not. I'm crossing my fingers and praying that never happens to you guys. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of oh, the way wow. that it goes. And, well, Apple, I knew Apple apps submissions were bad, but not quite that bad. Can't it's you bad, just, man. Can't you just white label it? I'm uh, not trying to say you don't have considerations for doing so, but can't you, like, create a quote-unquote service of um, stack swap and then just back-end by talking to all the other services? You wouldn't be able to be transparent about it to your users, and that sucks. I'm not saying it's worth it, but... Could you get a swap service just by building your own white label proxy? I mean, it's potentially possible, but that's also a bunch of legal stuff that I'm not keen on looking into for my own company. So, yeah. You don't want to spend um, millions of dollars on lawyers? What? Not, not a fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Excuse me yeah, for trying to help. <laughs> Uh, iOS iOS has some issues uh, with things like that. 
And, you know, they say it's for the protection of their customers. They don't want people getting scammed. They don't want a bunch of saying, like, oh, this, these people scam me, and why did you allow them on the App Store, and you guys are bad people. Um, you know, they take a much stricter approach in keeping people similar to Monero. So I can kind of empathize, right? Monero, just like I said, Monero is much easier to use than Bitcoin. It's because we do a lot of things by default. We take a lot of, quote, unquote, power choice from the user. We don't allow them to do a lot of certain things. Um, and then the end result is everyone is much more private and the crowd that you're hiding in is much more homogenous and all these things. So Apple is kind of taking this approach with their users. I think they're being a little bit draconian about it, but, you know, it's not my business. If it was, I wouldn't be here because I'd be filthy, stinking rich. But <laughs> um, it's not my business. It's the way that they want to do things. So that's kind of the way it is. And, yeah, building on iOS is an absolute pain. So because of this, with Whirlpool – they may take a look and say, yeah, no, we're not doing this, which would be really sad because there is no Whirlpool implementation on iOS. We would be uh, the first, although I think somebody's going to beat us to it, Bitcoin Keeper, another app, um, which is a little disappointing, but, you know, what, what happens, happens. Um, but I don't know, maybe iOS will deny them too. Uh, we have, we have, I don't want to say too much here in case an Apple, uh, religious Apple person who will go report everything to them is, is here at the moment, in which case I'm so sorry, Vic, please forgive me. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, we, we I've have... been recording this entire conversation. Apple gives me 10% of whoever I stitch on. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we have ways of trying to circumvent this, um, not necessarily from the you, App Store perspective, but uh, there are beginning to be ways to sideload apps, very few, onto onto Apple phones, onto iPhones. So we're looking into those as well. Um, frustrating, very frustrating, but, you know, what, what do you do? They're one of the big players in the game and they set the rules and you gotta you gotta dance to the beat of their drum. So uh, that's been one other question. Line. Could you offer the source code of an iOS build with Warpool and then users would have to like build and sign it themselves, but they technically could run it? Yes, but you require Apple requires you to pay an eighty dollar to a hundred dollar, I don't remember the exact amount, developers fee per year in order Got to be able it. to do this. And that's also, of course, a horrible UX. I'm not trying to say otherwise. Sure. Yeah, no, they, they've locked this down tight. They're like, oh, yeah, you want to do this kind of stuff? you got to pay us for the right to do that. Or and, you just uh, got to jailbreak your device. Even I jailbreaked my iTouch when I was a kid. Oh, I remember jailbreaking back in the day on my <laughs> iPod Touch. School showing off all the tweaks and stuff. Oh, so great. Oh, you got Cydia, man? <laughs> Dude, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays I realize how stupid and like unsafe that is, so I don't even. <laughs> yeah, but you get when you move the your finger, the apps into like a barrel roll instead of a slide. Yeah. Oh, you got to get the you know laughing skull boot up animation. <laughs> I realized I I put giveaways up here as uh, part of what we're doing tonight, but I don't really have anything planned. Have we not been giving away good conversation, <laughs> amazing stories, the community embodiment of Monero wisdom? Endless wisdom. Anybody, I will give away uh, Monerotopia tickets to anybody here that wants to jump up and talk that doesn't have them already. Uh, you're welcome to, you know, so that'll be the giveaway if you want to come up, come up on stage. 
be happy to uh, give you a Monerotopia ticket, either in person or virtual. We have virtual tickets too. Um, Diego, man. So what? So what is the business model of uh, of the app of the wallet? Uh, I mean, we're similar to Cake in that we get commission from Change Now and uh, Simplex, where you can buy coins. Not Monero. Cake's got us there. Uh, and in addition, Whirlpool, when implemented, they also give a percentage of the money that they make. The Whirlpool, Whirlpool as a protocol allows the person running the uh, mixing servers to take a very small percentage as fees. And uh, the Samurai guys and the Sparrow Wallet guys are uh, doing quite well for themselves. So when we get Whirlpool in there, we would essentially, essentially have another business model. But a lot of this is pretty much being, you know, at the time when we're not as big uh, funded out of pocket. Um, I have to alternate between working on clients, working with clients on Cypher Stack, and then swapping developers when we have some free time and I can feed my family onto Stack Wallet. Um, and as any open source project knows, donations are few and far between, but that's okay. Um, we're trucking along okay. And, uh, I mean, I didn't start this project to make the mega bucks. No, just wanted to throw my hat in the ring and see what I could do and have, have a little thing I could call my own. So um, if any of you guys want to donate, uh, feel free. But if not, <laughs> we, we, we love you anyways. Uh, well, what, what kind of – what are you using to determine what new coins you add? Is it because uh, there's demand for them? It's just personal – like – Projects that you personally use. What, what's kind of the metric you're using? To, uh, so yeah, a big, a big rule of thumb is if I have some coins, I'll probably add it because Stack Wallet is mostly made for me. So I have a central place to put all my coins and don't have to install <laughs> ten different things. <laughs> um, sounds a bit similar to what Vic was saying earlier. But um, that said, you know there are a couple of people who have po popped in and be like, "Hey, you know we want to be included and stuff." And you know, the closer you are to Bitcoin and the easier it is to, like, piggyback you off of Bitcoin's code, especially if you've done very few changes, the more likely you are to get on. You know, Dogecoin was not difficult. Um, Bitcoin Cash wasn't particularly difficult, although they, you know, are a very loud crowd and want very specific things. So I was about to say, Bitcoin to Cash actually has changed a few things. Yeah, I I know. Um, <laughs> I know. I pulled out my hair enough about it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, and, and in in general, you know, coins and clients that I've built up decent relationships with are fairly likely to get on. It it really depends though. Like if if you're a ground up implementation of something, like man, dude, that's that's probably not going to happen, or you're going to have to. Super fun the development of this stuff because it's uh, it's it's pretty annoying and it takes a lot of time. Like Ethereum, obviously, there's nobody there to give us money and no project lead or whatever. So we kind of did that on our own dime and it took a long time, a lot of debugging and uh, not something I really cared to do, especially when there's coins that we already support. Like the biggest one, like Bitcoin, that's like, oh, we want these features and these features and they're more likely to give money for one, but also, you know, I like Bitcoin. I don't love Bitcoin. I have huge issues with Bitcoin, but I like Bitcoin. You know, it's it's all right. And uh, so I'll, I'll work on Bitcoin things. We do have a lot of coins, yeah. Um, and I don't own coins for several of them, but um, I don't know. You got to pay the bills somehow. <laughs> 
So use use the proceeds that you get from the shit coins to work on the stuff for the coins that you really want to work on, I guess, um, is some of the business model. And a couple of coins have, have put up the development costs because they, they like what they see with Stack Wallet and the good UX and all these kinds of things. Like, we want to be with you guys. Um, and, and Cake is, is very snooty because they, they, they Cake is the high standards people. They're like the five-star restaurant you go to, right? And I, I'm the little taco truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, 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 cake has a dress code, which is good. Uh, I, I, it's good. Um, people know Food, what they're getting. Food's always, food's always better at the top of truck. Oof! Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he agrees. Uh, yes, that but, also is uh, pretty cool. Uh, I know I was like praising cake a bunch, which cake is really good. But uh, I did check out Stack Wallet. I think last week, uh, and I like the UX a lot. It's it's pretty it's pretty good too. It's a little. It's not quite as smooth as Cake Wallet, and I know it's like newer and still in development. But I really like the option for more coins, just because. I don't really use those other coins for actually transacting because honestly, there's nothing that useful for transacting other than Monero. But I do hold some other coins, like I do hold Ethereum and Fyro. Fyro is also a cool privacy coin. Uh, so I like the fact that there's uh, there's more options on there. Is it Fyro is, is or the, Is Ethereum working for you, man? <laughs> is what? Is Ethereum working for you? Uh, yeah. To to an extent, I I was able to make one transaction happen. Cool. And Yay. so I think it was fine. I don't think I had any problems with it. That's a relief to hear. <laughs> we were a bit nervous <laughs> putting it out there. <laughs> are you running your own Ethereum mode? That's like that's, that's in the we middle, are. That's we are, and I do, I, I do not recommend. We are running our own Ethereum archival node. It is a horrendous experience, a gigantic shit show. Wait, why are you running an archival node? So that way people can restore. No, but you don't need to run an archival node for that. Like, I don't want to sidetrack this too much with technical discussion, but without an archival node, you should still be able to query every log. And because you can query every log, oh, but the ether, ether transfers won't emit logs, so only the Earth-21s will. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's not a good experience. Once again, made me appreciate things like Monero. It's like, oh, look, the chain is sinking. The chain is sinked. It might take a little while, but it works. Ethereum was a three-and-a-half-week process, and we had to upgrade our server, like, twice because we're like, oh, yeah, no, we need more space. We need more power. Um, and it, do not do not recommend. <laughs> but you do know you could replace your archival node with just an Ethereum transaction indexer, right? All you have to do is index the Ether transactions, and then a regular node should be fine. We can go ahead and talk afterwards if you want to talk with me about it. I'm more uh, I would like to help out my friend, yes. If you would like but, help, I would be happy to help. Just use Coinbase, whatever. They have, a, they have an SDK now. You can just give all the data to them. Pay Fiora or whatever. Not, uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of, like, oh, yeah, I, um, API stuff out there. I run an Ethereum API. It's uh, ether.sec.gov. Totally exactly. independent, honest, not selling your data, not giving it to the government. But um, you just start using that for all your securities transactions. Sorry, legitimate token transfers. And I'll get back to you shortly. Yeah, that's exactly my point. A lot of the Ethereum wallets are actually reliant on these like very centralized systems. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, MetaMask goes through Infura. Isn't Infura done? Is Infura independent, or is it with consensus? 
Oh God, I don't know who owns Infura, but they're a huge name in that in that type of space. And, and I know MetaMask itself is by consensus. I think at least I think cons- uh, MetaMask and Infura are involved with consensus. Yeah. Either way, wouldn't recommend. Was a big pain, but uh, if you do want to do that for some reason, we learned a lot of lessons we can probably pass on to other people, so let us know. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so that happened. Ethereum. Yay. Yeah, on the Ethereum website, I click on careers, and it goes to the consensus website, so I, I, you know, I think that's an indication that they're affiliated. What? I thought Ethereum was just a small-town-friendly Ethereum people who would never partner with a big corporation to take your data and harvest it. But anyway, that about does it for Stack, I guess. We don't, we don't have too, too much else going on. Um, oh, yeah, Vic, uh, Vic, can I share a, a potential update on what might be happening on the U.S. side for some people? Sure. I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Is this data so private even the CEO doesn't know it? Darknet markets integrated right into Cake. Nice. Go ahead, Justin. What do you got? I mean, you can't leave us. I can't, I can't hear Vic. Is he... No, Vic signed off. Oh, yeah, he said, he said, yeah. Everyone keeps lying to Justin. No one tell him that Vic started shouting no and refusing. Vic's like, stop. Justin can't hear Vic shouting. Just tell Justin Vic said yes. <laughs> no, but legitimately, Vic did say yes, Justin. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he said uh, he didn't know what you were referring to. Oh, so. okay. So what I was going to say. But he also is, said yes. That's the we, point. We, part. Need to, we need to iron a few more details, but you all may have seen with our latest update that we enabled buying XMR directly with fiat in almost every country except the U.S. And fingers crossed, we're going to get the U.S. soon, very, very, very soon as well. Yay! That's awesome. That is wow. awesome. Nice. I'm surprised I know how uh, I've been promising for a while in, in, in the various different ways, but, uh, yeah, it's very important to us that with Cake you have the absolute easiest way to be able to just get starting using it, and you could, all, you could do it all in there. So we're very excited to, to bring that to fruition. That's huge. By Monerotopia? How, how soon are we talking about? Tomorrow. <laughs> Monerotopia, that's two weeks, right? I'd say 50-50 before Monerotopia. But it does work in, in Mexico right now. So you can, you can go to Oxo in, uh, in Mexico, which are like, you know, every, every street corner and, uh, get a voucher and you can redeem, redeem that for, for, uh, Monero today. Very cool. Very exciting. Anybody in the crowd want to come up on stage? Jump on up. Nobody wants a free ticket, apparently. Yeah, oh, wow. wait, no, I do. I do have one more stack thing to say. I'm sorry. Um, Go for it. If if I may, and then other people can talk. Uh, we also made Stack Duo because Bitcoin people were whining that we had shit coins. So Stack Duo is just Bitcoin and Monero. Uh, that's also up there. That's the end of that whole thing. Stack Kate did it Duo. first. <laughs> <laughs> How about Xano? You adding Xano? You adding? I saw the Zana people here. Uh, I think he's not here anymore. Yeah. Sad. He didn't like being talked down on. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's hear from Stoic. Anyway, that's it. I'll set up. I'm sorry. Let's hear from Stoic about the, about the book. Stoic, come on up, man. Join us. Anybody else? Stoic, go ahead. Request. I'll, I'll invite to speak. I think everyone who's here or wants a ticket probably bought one weeks ago. <laughs> 
Well, people could still come up and speak. Did you guys see I put it in the Nest, this uh, blockchain analysis uh, article that came out today? Or blog blog post? Privacy Coins 101? Yeah, I, I skimmed that and I laughed because they're like, yes, in our opinion, you know, Bitcoin is the perfect mix between privacy and transparency. And, you know, I could just sit there and say, well, in my opinion, it's not. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like a chain analysis company is telling you it's, it's better to use Bitcoin because you can opt in and out, right? It's like pretty hilarious advice. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> for businesses, they need the transparency. Like, what, what, what about my business do I need to know? Like, why is my business better off? Because I have to pay for their tool to let me know if the funds are good or not. How how would that help me? So but it's kind of funny yeah. too because the article opens up talking about cash and how privacy coins are are like cash. And of course, it lists the top three privacy coins by market cap, including Dash. <laughs> I on the one hand, I it has it has don't want to Decred listed as a privacy coin too. I believe I some of these one. are just like. I, I don't. I really don't get some of these listings. I mean, like, I understand Dash has CoinJoin via their master nodes, but I mean, like, by that metric, you know, like, Bitcoin is a privacy coin because it has Samurai, you know, like, Bitcoin Cash is a privacy coin because it has Cash Fusion. I mean, one of the things they list is Keep Network. I'm pretty sure Keep is a multi-sig solution. I legitimately don't think Keep Network has any privacy technology. Yeah, but that's irrelevant to whether they call it privacy. Right, they look almost like status. The Ethereum project status, one of the developers of an Ethereum node. Status originally was a messaging client? Is it a privacy coin just because it's an encrypted messenger? <laughs> yeah, I, I never heard of that as being classified as a privacy coin. That's new to me. Well, well they have an encrypted messenger, but they're an Ethereum token. They're, like, not a privacy coin at all. They're an Ethereum token. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a problem. Right? I mean, the article is just, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect. Oh, look, there's a privacy thing. Oh, look, people approach it different ways. But, like, eh, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever people use comes down to whatever people are willing to use. And I'd prefer to use Monero personally. And what are they going to do about it? And then, uh, so that's the first part. And the second part is um, whatever people decide counts as just private enough to be a private coin or whatever is entirely based off optics as opposed to any real like risk to anybody so you can see like on that list like dash you know, it was already explained what? but anything else below that like no one even cares are you saying so. that dash despite <laughs> arguably having equivalent privacy to some bitcoin and bitcoin cash solutions is somehow based on how it advertises being delisted for, from exchanges not because of any actual facts yet solely because of how it advertises that doesn't sound right I trust my corporations to make smart decisions, Justin. Are you not doing the same? Did I make one stupid joke and kill the conversation? <laughs> I was just frozen up for a second there. We got, uh, we got Lewis. Yeah, that, that list does not make any sense to me. No. Um, yeah. None of this makes sense, and I really don't think Dash should be... But on a separate note, Dash really shouldn't be getting blacklisted. It's, I mean... Bitcoin, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, they all have similar privacy solutions. It's ridiculous to see centralized exchanges start yelling about that and regulators say, oh, Dash is a privacy coin. It really just shows that a lot of the loudest voices and the voices that seem professional, I mean, this isn't just a random blog post, it's Chainalysis, which is a major firm. 
it really just shows that they, a lot of the time, they don't know what they're talking about, which is really frustrating as we do have some regulatory discussions. Yeah, I have to roll my eyes. I mean, I, I, there's really no other excuse. These are people who clearly should know better, but are just pushing the optics thing anyway. It's, it's, it's frustrating and it's not going to go away. It's just going to keep happening. So you're saying you don't trust our corporations, Justin? <laughs> Isn't life better if every corp, if the whole world is run by a corporation that was for profit and not liable for anything and signing discourse to people that you weren't able to argue? Who doesn't want that? It should be one company called Brondo. Brondo? <laughs> Brondo? What? Wasn't that the company in uh, Idiocracy? Uh, yeah, the regulators well, trade. Yeah. So let's hear from Lewis. Lewis, what's up? Hey, what's up, Douglas? How are you? Good, man. Good. I, Thanks for jumping up. Are on you already in Mexico? No, no, no. I won't be going down there till the day before the event. I, I, I wanted to ask you something. You see, I actually bought like the VIP ticket at the beginning to support the conference, but I won't be able to make it. So do you think I can see like remotely? Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. 100%. So, thanks, man. I was, I was, I yeah. was hearing you talk about the, about the article by Chanalysis, and I think they know what they're writing in the sense that they know who their reader is, right? So the reader is like a politicians and governments and, you know, those clients, and they're trying to sell this idea of, you know, like a dangerous privacy everywhere, right? So I don't think we are the intended readers. 100%, yeah. What do you guys think of so Monero's nine by by Monero's tenth birthday? You think any big moves in in the U.S. with regards to regulation and Monero? You think there's anything coming down the pipe? You know, if anyone's to speak on this, it's going to have to be Justin. So the guy I always go to when I am freaking out about regulations. I mean, people are going to try something. I don't know what's going to be moved to any meaningful, enforceable stage, but yeah, I mean. I'd be shocked if, if nothing changed in the year. I mean, at this point, they don't even need, like, a bunch of regulation. Like, I'm surprised how most exchanges, like, most centralized exchanges in the U.S. don't even offer Monero. Like, I think the only major one you can get it from is Kraken. And I guess that's just because they're all scared of um, regulation to begin with, and they don't even want to have a part of it. Which is stupid, considering Monero is probably the furthest from what's being argued as a security nowadays. Yeah, so, like, sure. even if privacy is scary, I like I, Monero seems like one of the most regulatory friendly cryptocurrencies. Just because there's no pre-mine, there's no proof of stake, there's no doubt. Honestly, yeah, for real. It was actually kind of funny to watch that unfold because back in I don't know 2020 or so, people were definitely being a little bit more conservative and listing assets on exchanges. They were more worried about things being considered security. It was a big deal when. Uh, some industry leaders, I don't remember who were in that group, but you know, some group of people came together and said, yes, Bitcoin is probably not a security in our view, not the SEC's view. And Monero also is most, is very unlikely to be a security in our view. And other things like Ethereum and whatever else are considered to be much more likely to be classified as securities. And everyone was kind of like hesitant for a few minutes for a little bit listing different assets that could be considered securities. And then all of a sudden the market started going crazy and people started listing everything. And now it's kind of circled back around. So I don't know, but it, it is one of those interesting things I've noticed is that uh, all of a sudden people seem to care again, what a security is. Wasn't there uh what was it? Wasn't it New York? Didn't New York have um, some regulation against Monero being sold on centralized exchanges? 
Yeah, so New York has some of the strictest rules, uh, and they put out a rec- – this is one of the most annoying things So, in, from, from my perspective. So they put out a proposal for how exchange – so, okay, a while ago, you couldn't list an asset if you had a bit license, which is what's needed in New York to deal with cryptocurrencies like that. Um, you couldn't list an asset unless it was already manually approved. So, of course, they were only going to approve a small list. Okay, fine, whatever. And then they came out with a recommendation on how they expected to implement uh, a way for bit license holders to self-certify coins for their own listing following a certain criteria, or a series of criteria. And they said, okay, well, this is what we um, think the list should, these are what we think it would look like, and now open for comments. And you can read all the public comments. In the initial request for feedback, there was no mention of privacy coins. There was no mention of anything like that. But you can see the only one who responded that mentioned anything about privacy coins was Elliptic. And Elliptic is, you know, it's a chain chain analysis uh, product. And in their response, they argued that a, I mean, you you can read their response. You don't have to take my word for it. But they argued that a, Bit license holder should not be able to self-certify a coin for listing unless they are able to purchase a chain analysis solution for that particular asset. And then in the final uh, publication of what was allowed, they explicitly disallowed privacy coins, but they didn't really define what privacy coins were. It was just, you know, some generic, like, you know, Asset that has higher privacy or something, you know, is, is very vague. But that one, and they called out, like, Monero, I believe, by name as an example. So, yeah, New York is one of those things that takes a lot of work. The process of actually listing Monero in New York would be difficult. And there, there technically is a process. It's just, it's just hellish. Is Cake working on that process? <laughs> no, I will say we are not applying for a bit license at this time. <laughs> is this one of the reasons why a decentralized way to get in and out of Monero is so important? I mean, yes. <laughs> Could be interesting. Um, but, you know, uh, somebody mentioned that um, Kraken's the only way in the U.S. right now. But on our website, we do have a way to buy Monero with uh, – we do have a Monero fiat on-ramp. Uh, it's not the smoothest, it's a little clunky, but it, it's there on our website. Just throwing that out there. I don't know if anyone's tried it. When I say the website, what? I mean the controversial Monero.com website. <laughs> what, what are the Jeff, you, are single, you are single-handedly destroying Monero by holding on to Monero.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I meant uh, Kraken as being the um... – Oh, yeah, what I meant by that was uh, Kraken's, like, the only major centralized exchange because you can't get it on uh, Binance, you can't get it on Coinbase, and there might be some smaller ones you can get it on, but for most of the exchanges I looked at, Kraken's, like, the only one, really, uh, for, like, centralized exchange. Yeah, I think Kraken is. I mean, Which Kraken way, is cool, I like it. Bittrex is out, Binance doesn't offer it, Coinbase doesn't offer it, right? Exactly. Do you guys By mean the way, I guess the full is silly, Vic. Yeah, sorry, Binance US. I forgot that they did that weird split thing. Yeah. Diego, what'd you say? I said I, I, I was joking in case it wasn't clear to everyone in this room. Yeah. The whole Monero.com yeah. thing is quite silly. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. A yeah, what Monero.com thing? Uh, let's not get into that. But there is a way to buy yeah. <laughs> There is a way to buy Monero on Monero.com. <laughs>
Yeah, I did see that. That is pretty cool. Uh, that's that's cool that people are trying to push through all this stupid KYC regulation stuff to try and make easier on ramps for Monero because mm-hmm. they they hate that for sure. Hey, uh, Lewis, you just put out a. Uh, I was just looking ten minutes ago. You put out a screen recording of Cake. What, what were you trying to show in that? Yeah, because you guys were talking about the like the buy features enabled outside the U.S. And since I'm outside the U.S., I wanted to show the people there how it looks. Ah, okay. Yes. Maybe it's just me, but I'm old-fashioned. Like the way <laughs> the way I buy Monero is, I just I I basically token swap. I, it's it's what I gotta do most of the time. I basically just get some Bitcoin or some other coin, and then I go to trade Ogre and then just buy some Monero. <laughs> Well, that's not old school. I buy Monero with crack. <laughs> <laughs> Most people buy their crack with Monero. Oh, someone's at my door now. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have a question for all of you seasoned Monero people. Uh, how do you buy your Monero? Because when I first started, I was like, oh, you know, this privacy coin, government hates it. I have to get this anonymously myself. And so I went through all the hassle of getting it anonymously. Uh, and I, I I did that. It just it was just like way too much effort and like a waste of money. Uh, and at some point I realized, you know what? Since Monero is like private and 100% fungible, even if the government knows I have it, like they can't see anything after I pull it out of the exchange. So I'm like, you know what? I already had a Kraken account. I'll just use Kraken to buy a bunch because I can buy any amount whenever I want with really low fees. Uh, I just don't like the fact that I'm using a centralized exchange that has all this KYC. That's not well, – while, while I really like Kraken, and I think Kraken, like the uh, the CEO of Kraken, is um, a much more decent person compared to the other, other centralized exchanges, it still is a CEX, and it does have a lot of KYC. So I want to avoid that. I know there's local Monero, and there's some other ways to do it. Uh, but I guess I just wanted to get the general gist of how everyone each gets their own Monero. That's Didn't Kraken CEO resign a few months ago? Jesse? Yeah, th- yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. He's, he's still affiliated with Kraken as a, on a different position. He's like still on the board or something, yeah, he's but he's not the main CEO. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. There was some, I think, scandal, but I forget exactly what. There like some... Question about him that caused him to move to the I really side. I want to hear how you guys buy your Monero. I, I'll tell you mine. I, I, for example, here where I live, there's uh, gift cards for Bitcoin, and they're like actually like their price at the at the right price. And then I just get the Bitcoin, send it to Trade Ogre. I have a burner email for Trade Ogre, and then I get my Monero. By the way, I uh, I earn my Monero. <laughs> by that's the coolest doing way for jobs. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I've ever purchased Monero. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! But the important question here is how you earn your Monero, right? Because you may be running like a <laughs> like a botnet or something <laughs> like that. I am a UX designer. Send me ten Monero and I'll send you twenty back. Exactly. Yes. Very cool, man. And for cake, cake, cake wallet, it's the same way. We we earn our money. We earn Bitcoin and Monero, but. Uh, I think Tuxedo, you bring up a, a good point. I mean, and I've, ta- I've mentioned this before as well. Everybody's got like a different level of privacy they want, right? Like you were saying, you don't mind if people know that you own, you bought Monero from Kraken, and I'm in the same boat. I don't care if, if somebody knows I bought it. But once I have it, they won't know how I use it. But then there's like really hardcore people in the Monero community. They don't even want to. They don't even want anyone to know they have Monero. 
or how they got it, or even if they have it. So there's like a whole wide spectrum of uh, privacy levels I've seen in the Monero community. But for me, getting on Kraken or earning through Cake is good enough. Yeah, it does make me a little bit wary just because of, uh, you know, how much Monero is hated and how, you know, they may try to start doing stuff eventually. There's only so much they can do, but they may try to do stuff eventually to criminalize things like privacy coins. But by me, like, buying it in this way, like, the more people that do this, the less people they can go after and the more it normalizes it. So I was like, you know what, I'm okay with that. And, yeah, the point you bring up where... After I, I pull it out, and I do directly buy Monero from Kraken and then pull it out, some people will buy Bitcoin or Litecoin, pull that out, and then swap it. I think that makes it look more suspicious uh, versus just buying Monero right there and pulling it out. Uh, you know, I can use it however I want to after I pull it out, and there's no way that they can really know, especially if you pull it out into, like, a receiving wallet, if you want to be extra careful, then send little bits to a separate wallet. Uh, and then I can just use it however I want to, and I can still be anonymous with it. They know I have it. They don't know what I bought or how I'm using it, which is just the beauty of it, and that's really awesome. Yeah, and, and Trade Ogre is, is great, but it's centralized, and it's kind of like a underground exchange, unregulated. And what if you send your Bitcoin there, and somehow that gets uh, tagged as a dirty Bitcoin that you sent, you know? So I guess there's risks everywhere. Yeah, tuxedo. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, and I guess another reason I decided to use Kraken is because of, like, the amount of money I was wasting on fees with using those Bitcoin ATMs. Those things are literally scams. It was, like, 20 to 30%, sometimes even higher than that, fees for, like, a few hundred dollar transaction. It's crazy. But with Kraken, um, they removed they removed ACH deposits recently, which sucked because those had extremely low fees. But if I use, like, a, a card, like a debit card, you can get... um. I think it's less than 2% fee, which is pr – that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, whereas a lot of these other options that are less KYC have, like, way higher fees. Um, so it all just depends on the level of privacy you want with that. But with Monero, once I get it, I'm just not too worried about it because I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a perfectly reasonable approach for people who have access to Kraken. Um, I always say, like, you know – if you, if you have to purchase any crypto with KYC, I mean, the best one to purchase is Monero for all those reasons you're saying, right? So at least once you pull it off, you kind of lose the trail, right? It, may, it would make sense. In fact, it makes it makes the most sense for anybody that's kind of getting into crypto that has to buy with KYC to theoretically pull it off as pull it off from the centralized exchange. If that's their only way of getting crypto, pull it off with Monero. And then if, you know, if they ultimately want something else, swap into that something else off exchange. Um, so I think it's perfectly reasonable to obtain your Monero that way. But yeah, like me, like the other people, yeah, at this point, I get most of my Monero via business, you know, through, through Monero Talk and Monerotopia Conference and Gratuitous. Um, so, I, you know, I put my, I put fiat into the businesses and then I, I collect Monero, uh, through, you know, through revenue. And so I just invest into the businesses with, with my fiat for my, for my day job. And then I, um, make Monero from the actual business. Sometimes, you know, if I have some extra fiat, I will, you know, maybe try to find somebody directly. Obviously, I know a lot of people now that, that are in the Monero ecosystem. Uh, some people local to New York City, yeah, I could hit them up. Hey, you got any extra Monero? Looking to do a, do a you know trade cash for Monero? 
or, you know, I will, uh, you know, f- use like a centralized exchange to grab like some Bitcoin or Litecoin or something and exchange it into Monero, but I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, Tuxedo, uh, you know if uh, Kraken implemented Lightning? Implemented what? Bit- Sorry, I missed Like that. Uh, getting money at, uh, from Bitcoin in, in the Lightning network. Oh, Lightning. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't used Lightning. I just have some uh, – I'm pretty sure – no, yeah, I remember uh, I was trying to pull some Bitcoin out a little bit ago, and it had asked me whether I wanted to use uh, the Bitcoin network or Lightning. So you are able to uh, withdraw that using Lightning. Uh, I haven't tried it myself personally. I just have pulled out regular Bitcoin because I don't really use Bitcoin to transact. I just have a little bit of it just for, like, air quote investment, even though I mostly own Monero. Uh, but yeah, I did see that option in the app. Because our way of doing it theoretically would be to buy Bitcoin in Kraken, get it out via Lightning, I don't know, to a Tor node, whatever, and then use like you can convert that to Monero, right? So that way the government doesn't even know you bought Monero. I mean, you still have a channel though. Like they'd, they'd still be able to probably watch as you go to an exchange for it with it. Yeah, but the- honestly, what I would do, I would probably do an atom. Um, an unstoppable swap, an atomic uh, swap from Bitcoin to XMR using unstoppable swap. Yeah, Justin, about the channel, I think you can you can run the Lightning node in Tor, no? So, I, I mean, probably they don't accept Tor nodes. <laughs> but hey, guys, sorry to interrupt, but I got a jet, so it was great hanging out with you guys. See you, Cypher. Hey, hey, Diego, I just Diego, Diego, I just wanted to say one thing to everybody. Yeah. Everything we're talking about getting, you can do that in cake and stick in stock wallet. <laughs> Just wanted to yeah. plug our wallets in there and our service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you can, uh, once you can get it in cake uh, in the U.S., that would be a really good option. Yeah, like Justin said, hopefully in a couple of weeks. Okay, take care, Diego. Thanks for joining. Um, Later, man. Louis, what? I mean, the, the, if you're talking about you sign up at the KYC exchange, you give them your info, then you withdraw to your own Lightning node that you set up. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think as you try to like, as you try to actually use it from there, it it, it kind of falls apart pretty quickly, as as far as I can tell. I mean, assuming you need to, if your plan is to convert it to Monero, it's going to be at the minimum they know that hey, you went to this service to convert it. And maybe they wouldn't know what you converted it for, depending on who they work with. But yeah, I guess I think the fact that whether you run the node or Tor or ClearNet is kind of irrelevant if you're facing Kraken, right? Yeah, I was thinking out loud. But yeah, sure. They they know you send it to uh, to a node, but then when it's in the node, they don't know what you do with it, right? They cannot track it from there. Like you you break the the link in there, they just think you still have the Bitcoin. Well, it's still I mean, it, it depends what you do. It depends what you do with the Lightning. I mean, you you have this channel open between your Let's say it's a non-custodial wallet that is using Lightning, and so you have a channel directly with Kraken. I mean, how are you going to spend the Bitcoin? Yeah, you have the other channels, right? Yeah, and then if you use a custodial one, they cannot go and ask like what happened to that Bitcoin. Yeah, it's still a problem. Maybe when they implement both. Yeah, Lightning, Lightning's cool. I mean, there are some people in the Monero community that like absolutely hate Lightning, and I think that is maybe too strong of a pushback sometimes. Lightning is a niche that can be useful, and, you know, like Bitcoin, you can use it privately. It's just uh, a lot of people, I think, overstate how it helps in certain circumstances. It mostly helps with efficiency in, in custodial cases. Um, and 
with magic grants, we actually worked, we, 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 we had a, um, a, we had a grant that went to writing documentation on a lot of lightnings, uh, privacy downsides. And this is something where we worked with people that were fans of lightning. They were big fans of lightning. They were from the Bitcoin community and they were tasked to come up with limitations with privacy and things. And they came together with a pretty good set of resources for people who are trying to use lightning. So, um, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. It's just very complex and it's hard to explain to people like where, like where the foot guns are. Peter, Peter Todd forced me to pay him using lightning to come to the conference. Oh, really? What wallet did you use? Uh, I had a, what was it? Let me say, uh, I don't even know. I don't, I don't have it. Better not be wallet of Satoshi. <laughs> Bitcoin Beach or whatever. <laughs> no, it wasn't Bitcoin Beach. But yeah, I was like, I was like, it's so annoying, man. Just accept. So he accepted half. And, um, okay. But it was annoying. I had to open up a Lightning channel and pay like five bucks. Um, what were the the fees for that? It was like yeah, it was like five dollars to open up a channel, and then the Lightning transaction cost me forty cents itself. I That's was, insane. I was shocked. Do you know? Did you happen to use a? So the problem with Lightning, too. It was Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, so did you – does Phoenix use submarine swaps, or am I mixing this up with someone else? I, I don't know. But, like, Moon, the whole pro, the whole process Moon uses, was, like, uh, it was, it was pretty funny so, that I was being forced <laughs> to use Lightning <laughs> by Maxi, by BTC Maxi. But Peter Todd will be at the conference, so it should be cool. I won wow. one Monero Topia? Conference. Yeah, he'll be at Monero Topia. Wow. Speaker. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I once went to a conference. Uh, it's actually a conference that I met Diego at. Um, and then I went back a couple of years later. Unfortunately, Diego didn't go then. But while I was there, I wanted to get a t-shirt because, you know, crypto conference. Why would I not want a t-shirt? Yeah, they forced me to pay. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, just what, what's your uh, Lightning wallet? I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have Lightning. I have Bitcoin on my phone. I don't have Lightning. And they got all mad at me for trying to use Bitcoin at a Bitcoin conference. Having <laughs> a lightning wallet already set up, despite the fact it was my phone. And a phone cannot properly run a lightning channel unless it uses a custodial wallet, which then is not properly running it. A real Bitcoiner would have been running a custodial wallet for lightning. Come on, look. A, a, a real Bitcoiner would be refusing lightning, refusing segwit. Only offering a pay to public key address, not even pay to public key hash. A real Bitcoiner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is how we start the Bitcoin passive Bitcoin Satoshi vision discussion. Yeah, and it ends, yeah. Is uh, Cake Wallet going to list PSV? I think it's more of a stack wallet thing. Where's the video back in? Diego's complaining about running an Ethereum node. We want to suggest he runs a PSV node. Guys, I, I I know I know it has a lot of like uh, technical downsides and it's not really that private. But the UX is great. I'm staying in a city where like a lot of the places here are set lining uh, because I don't know this, that's where they did the Plan B conference and they kind of like had a deal with the mayor and like a ton of places here are set lining. Right? I go to McDonald's, I go to a coffee shop, whatever, and I pay quickly, and that's why. I think it would be a good idea to like uh, be a, like to exchange in the Monero wallet to pay directly to a Lightning address, right? That's one of the features I want because that way I can spend my Monero and those people receive Lightning. That would be awesome. 
That would be pretty cool, because then you could use lightning anonymously, essentially, just from Monero. Yeah, I would. That would have made paying Peter Todd much easier for me. Yeah, we. Um, I mean, is there an instant we, we swap service? That, yeah. Right. Yeah, is there I an mean, instant swap service? We'll do that right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we. It's actually. Uh, it's it's. They keep taking it down for maintenance with SideShift, but yeah, like they do support it at various times, and yeah, we will support converting to Lightning in. Yeah. Good. Nice. So you can pay the Lightning invoices. Yeah, and we'll add a Lightning wallet. Very big. Anybody else? Guys, oh, wait, I see somebody else jumping up. Doug, I, Doug, I gotta run. Alright, um, yeah, I think, I think we'll be closing this out soon anyway. But thanks for putting this together, and, uh, thanks for everything you do for the Monero community, and you've been doing it for so long. Uh, I think everybody appreciates it. So, um, yeah, thanks and good work. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, super excited about Monerotopia, guys. It's like, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, a lot of stress. Not gonna lie, but uh, I think I think it's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be kick-ass. We have this entire Mexican bazaar that's gonna be participating, and they're all all the vendors are gonna be accepting Monero. So it's it's gonna be really cool. Three days of talks. Uh, I'm oh yeah, what kind of vendors are there gonna be? People sell like people selling tequila, people selling tacos, people selling handcrafted goods. So you know, I want uh, selling rum. Uh, rum, probably not, but we'll have somebody selling, like, craft tequila down there, mezcal. Oh, fine, I'll limit my stupid 21-year-old <laughs> drinking to tequila, okay? <laughs> the, uh, the VIP swag item, somebody just texted it to me, what I think we'll be using, um, is going to be, I, I don't know, should I announce it? I don't know, I want to give it away. It's, it's going to, it's going to be a tumbler. A pretty cool, like you know, tumbler that people can keep their drinks in, and then we'll uh, we'll give them, you know, let them get some like free free re- refills of uh, drinks at the at Monerotopia all weekend long. So that should be cool. It's a it's a really cool tumbler. What 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 type of drinks are we discussing here, Doug? I don't know. I haven't figured that out. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe some beer, maybe some margaritas, yes, and you'll be able to keep it in your Monero tumbler. Sounds fun. Uh, refills, yeah, it should be cool. Should be cool. Benjamin, what's going on? Well, I was thinking, is it better to uh, remain silent and thought of as a fool, or to open my mouth and have it confirmed? <laughs> um, Go for it. Uh, uh, look, I've been uh, dabbling because I'm not uh, that okay with all the technical aspects of this business. But I'll, I'll put in my two bobs worth, which is if, uh, if my farmer missus has been baking some cakes and, um, you know, saving some cash in a shoebox or in a cookie jar somewhere, it's nobody's business, A, that she has that, and B, you know, how much it is. Uh, uh, that's where Monero just kind of makes sense. But, uh, after nearly, let's say 18 months of, um, Mining with some very dodgy equipment on a pool, I'm almost mined one coin, and I wish to know what I can do with it. Well, there's, there's lots of things. You, you go buy something with it. <laughs> Congrats. Um, uh, say again? Congrats on buying a, a whole, on mining a whole Monero. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, it's, oh, so uh, was it Monero that you mined? I'm... I'm only mining Monero. I've got uh, some old laptops and some old um, towers that I've all hooked up, and uh, they're not mining at a great pace or anything. 
um, at, at best about 18 kilo hashes a second. And yet, as I say, it's taken uh, nearly 18 months to mine one coin. Have you uh, considered using P2 pool? It doesn't sound like you're currently on it, but I just have to show the decentralization here. I'll have to do some homework and read up and uh, find out how to hook all of that up. Unless I can get some pointers on where to go for a shortcut. I mean, a a crash course. (laughs) Benjamin, if you want to spend on Morello, you should download the Keg Wallet. You can buy gift cards there. And depending on where you are, there may be like some places where you can spend on Monero physically, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm down under in, in Queensland. Oh. So go to, uh, go to buy, B-U-Y dot cakepay dot com and you can get, uh, here, let, let's, let's see what's, uh, let's see what's down under. <laughs> uh, Australia. All right. You can get a, you can get an M brand prepaid card. And, so what uh, was that? Uh, can I, sorry to interrupt. Can I, it's buy.cakewallet, was it? Buy. Cakepay.com. Oh. We have to log in. I, stupid. I, I, it's, it's dumb. There's no way around that. We tried to get around it and they told us we couldn't. So you have to provide an email and log in. But you That's can see what's good. available in Australia and you can spend XMR on, uh, gift cards and prepaid cards. Excellent. If you use an email alias service like Anonati or Simple Login, you can just uh, like make a new alias and use that. That's what I did. Look, there are so many of these new um, things like like an uh, email alias, uh, but I've looked at it and you know not been sure you know how it works, and so I just stick to what I what I know. But um, yeah, that's all a good all good suggestions. I just wanted to chime in. Um, I heard when you were downloading your wallet and sending your Monero, you sent it to the wrong address. And now it's gone forever. And, of course, we can't see your transaction history and try to help because it's private. But, of course, I'm so sorry that you no longer have any Monero. No, I don't understand. I I, I still have <laughs> my joke. Monero coin, I'm sure. <laughs> the joke about voting accidents and all that. The joke is none of us have Monero because you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, if you wanted an example of a place you can actually use Monero, so like Anon Addy, uh, I use Anon Addy, it's the, it's a, a popular email alias service, they directly accept Monero, uh, and I also pay for Mulvad VPN, uh, they directly accept Monero also. Uh, there's a lot of various, like, tech services yeah, that say, accept Monero. Uh, yeah, check out, check out Monerica. Monerica.com is, is a great resource listing. All the different uh, vendors that accept Monero directly. Bro, I almost don't want you to spend it. Like, it took you like two years to get it by buying. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if it wasn't. Yeah. It's just treasured prized. Uh, look, I did try to set up a node at the very beginning. I started off, you know, downloading the entire blockchain and all of that. Uh, but the equipment I was using was so slow and the internet, you know, everything has just been against me. But, uh, I diverted a whole bunch of computers that were on their way to being chucked out, basically, and uh, wiped the old Windows and installed Linux and have them just sitting there mining 24-7. But as I say, it's a very slow process. I love this guy. Um, (laughs) Thank you for your service. I will say, Benjamin, it's it's your lucky day. You you just won yourself a ticket to Monerotopia being a speaker up here today. So, Well, thank you for that, although I don't know how... 
I'll get there, A, and B, is it, is it a virtual thing? I mean, what well, is Monero? There is an, in, an in-person uh, ticket, but, yeah, you're probably not going to have time to figure out how to make it to Mexico City. No, you should, next oh, he should, he should, he should go. You should go. You should definitely oh. go. Yeah, encourage it. Here, spend, spend your one Monero on that. That could be uh, Look, unfortunately, We've had tyrannical governmental interference over the last few years, and uh, things have changed radically. You know, that's why I've entered into the space in the first place. Uh, besides, I'm pretty sure for one Monero, they'll fly you just mm. far enough that you're outside <laughs> Australian airspace, and then they'll just be like, yep, that's all your ticket paid for. Time to get outside. I had for a long time trying to figure out how I can convert... Um, <laughs> Sapphires or whatever, cash or fiat or whatever you want to call it, into Monero so that it's just sitting there, you see. And and I've learned a little bit more today, so I will be finding out more as I go. And, yeah, I'm diving in boots and all. This guy? About freedom. I will uh, DM Benjamin, DM me so I can send you the uh, the free ticket. So yeah, there is a virtual ticket as well. So you can, you're definitely going to want to check that out. Then this is a the ultimate okay. rabbit hole experience for three days. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds exciting. Uh, who am I talking to? Who do I have to DM and how? Uh, Douglas <laughs> Tuman. I'm uh, the you see me up here, the, the co-host. Ah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So it's the Monero Topia conference, and um, and this this is a little envelope icon. I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. Send me a send me a DM. Okay. Uh, howdy. All right, and I'll hit you up after. I'll send it to you. Oh, here we go. Ah, done. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, I'm Word. learning a lot. Benjamin, <laughs> I'll also just. I wanted. I want, I've been playing with. Yes, sorry. Go, go, go. I, w- oh. I want to tell you that you have probably mined here more Monero than all of us together, and you shouldn't feel you no. shouldn't feel like you don't know because you you are real OG here. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, props to you for uh, actually mining Monero. Yeah, uh, wicked. Oh, that, that's giving me goosebumps. My hair's standing up on end. <laughs> Fantastic. That, that That's great. Now, I just wanted to say that I've been uh, sort of a self-taught Linux um, distro slut, I'll call myself, for uh, 20 years. Uh, so, And I don't know a lot, but I know a little. And um, I'm, I'm happy to be part of this whole thing. Just curious, are you into other cryptos as well, or are you uh, um, kind of focused in, on Monero? In, no, in the full, uh, full-on, what would you call it, the KYC method, you know, where you, uh, here in Australia, they, they have, uh, they've got the machines, you know, the ATMs and uh, news agents, you can go in and, and use cash to buy you know, coin. And so I've set up um, uh, Swiftex, I don't know if you've heard of them, uh, but I lost you know, a third of my tosh over a matter of months, and so I've been a bit loath to even go and look at it. It's probably on the way back up. So I do have some Ether, and I have some Bitcoin, and I have a bunch of other small amounts. Um, but uh, to me, the Monero is a whole separate thing. Um, and also, in light of them wanting to bring in the centrally controlled um, crypto, as in you know, get rid of cash altogether, um, we've got to fight that because uh, cash is king. One hundred percent, man. You are you are a, a Monero maxi, man. You're, you're speaking like one. Okay, let me tell you something else. I've been working on a jingle 
based on a Queen song. <laughs> goes like this. Keep that cash alive. Keep that cash alive. When you earn and spend it, you help it to survive. Now, that should be on every bloody radio station. <laughs> you That's are amazing. a man of many talents. Uh, I'm also, I'm also a, a white-haired old fart. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm loving it, Benjamin. But you gotta, you gotta uh, stop by our Monerotopia Newsroom every, every okay, sa- so- Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. We we need you as a regular guest. Okay, let's see, Monerotopia, one word. Monerotopia, yeah, that's the conference, but we also do a weekly show on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Let's just have a look. Okay, Monerotopia.com. I've just found that, and you have an Instagram. Uh, la, la, la. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll be looking at all of that. When when is the when's the actual three day thing? The conference is May fifth, sixth, and seventh. Okay, we'll lock that in. No, I'll yeah, be there yeah. for sure. But, but, but please something, jump something's... on our uh, our weekend shows. We'd love to have you, man. You're, uh, you got yeah, and the show the shows are where in YouTube or. Yeah, we stream the shows on YouTube. We also put it here on Twitter Spaces. If you just follow my account, you'll. <clears throat> You'll see the tweets. Okay. Yeah. Monero yeah, Talk okay. is the YouTube channel. Monero Talk. Okay, I'll subscribe to that as well. So how'd you find how'd you find Monero? How what, what set you down? How'd you initially um, discover it? I guess uh, just Linux. You know, somewhere along the line in, in the in that eco space, um, Monero came well look, Bitcoin came up. I I wasn't there for the beginning of it. I was there for the beginning of everything, but I was too either didn't have the bucks at the time. Or I've got, I'm full of excuses, but I was there for the start of everything. I mean, internet. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've slipped up. There are a lot of opportunities that have come and gone. This um, Monero was something I thought I definitely have to get involved in because it makes sense from a, a point of view of um, being private. It's nobody's business, you know. I've saved some money. It's my nest egg. Yeah, keep that cash alive, baby. It's nobody's business. Yeah, keep that cash alive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sing it to the the checkouts. You know, I get to the checkouts and, and pull out the cash and I yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. I do my bit to try and and, and stay free. You know. Um, oh, and I I can talk on other topics. I can tell you, I can talk on self health. But that's totally off topic here. Um, yeah. I don't know where you all stand on what's going on in the world. With, uh, yeah, we can't really talk about it. Okay, guys, I'm going to have to uh, give somebody else a chance. All right, Benjamin. Uh, thank you so much for jumping up here. It's been great. Excellent. Thanks, thanks for having me, Doug. I appreciate that. Anybody... All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Benjamin. Anybody else want to jump up? Anybody new? I have to head out here, but uh, Lewis, one quick thing on uh, on Lightning. With so I checked currently both side shift and change now have it disabled currently. So um, hopefully they can get a little more reliable so we can get someone to do those invoices. Yeah, it sucks sometimes it goes down, but it's not only Lightning and Bitcoin. Sometimes other swaps also go down. I don't I don't know what they're what they're doing. Um. Justin, before you head out, I just wanted to say I really appreciate your contributions to the space. Thank you for that. And I'm sorry if I made you roll your eyes just a few too many times. <laughs> no, I think everyone here is really a champion. I mean, we have a lot of good people here who have been in the Monero community for many, many years. It's, no one told, no, no one hired us to come here. No, no, no one even 
necessarily invited everyone to come here. It's done, uh, got a referral. A lot of us responded on our own. And uh, Monero is a strong community because people keep showing up, people keep contributing, people keep understanding why privacy is worth fighting for and why security is worth fighting for. And so, yeah, you're all pretty awesome. Of course, thanks, Doug, for doing Monerotopia. I'll be seeing you in a few weeks. I'll see you, Luke, there soon, Tuxedo soon. Louis, great to speak with you on stage. Nice to meet you, Benjamin, and everyone else who who hopped on today. It's really, really excellent, and wow, Monero, Monero's night and day compared to when I first found it in 2015. <laughs> All right. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Thank you, Justin. Uh, greatly appreciate you uh, spending the time today and everything you do for the space. Luke, man, um, I, the, the coding aside, I think you're the most entertaining guy in Monero. <laughs> I think I'm sometimes a bit too entertaining. I need to keep myself in check. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just fucking hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to hang out with you all at Monerotopia. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Tuxedo, man, thank you, thank you for contributing today. And as, as always, Lewis, thanks for jumping up. Uh, DM me to remind me, and I'll make sure you get a, a virtual ticket since you can't make it down there anymore. That sucks. Why can't you make it down, man? What happened? It's too far, man. <laughs> it's too far. I didn't. Yeah. Oh shit! Originally, you bought the ticket thinking you'd uh, you'd be able to. Yeah, able I felt like I, I didn't. I didn't use my schedule that much in advance, right? I kind of do it now, so. Okay. No. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Um, yeah, we'll we'll figure something. DM We'll we'll figure it all out. Um, thank you so much, everybody. We're gonna close it out. Happy birthday, Monero. Oh wait, let's let's sing it, Luke. Let's do it. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Monero. Happy birthday to I think we should just have Benjamin do that. Do that as a yeah, solo. Please. I think that would be much better. That might have not have been better. Wait, wait, uh, Benjamin, uh, well, you'll just hit it. Do it as a solo for us. Uh, happy birthday to Monero. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Monero. Happy birthday to you. Bravo. Alright. Bravo, bravo. And of course, right, before we head out, Thanks, Doug, for putting this together and being a great host. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> uh, no problem. Bye. Good night and good Cheers, morning. Everybody. Good time here. Bye. Adios. So long. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.